Hello, everyone. I am Michael Dunn, along with Stefan Prince and Jake and Anderson, and we are um, finally making a, a podcast uh, that involves everything with sports. And um, I don't know. I've been I've been wanting to do this for a while. Jake's finally old enough. Stefan's been old enough for a little bit, but um, we're trying to figure out the name of our podcast. And and as of now, it is PDA. Um, Think of it what you will, but those are our last <laughs> yeah. names. So Stefan Prince, Michael Dunn, Jake and Anderson. You know, given what I always tell. I mean, what do you guys think about that that name? First, like when I actually asked you guys, like, what do you guys think about this name? What what it, what, it, what went through your head? <laughs> I think I think it just it's very like you get thrown off for a second, like PDA. Why why PDA? And then the more you think about, okay, the last names. And then what it actually stands for, which you'll get into in a second, and it makes sense too. But I don't know. I was kind of on board with it just because it was like there's actually a name to it now, and like there's a it kind of rings in a little bit, and it works with just the last names too. But yeah, I was uh, when you said it the first time, I was just like, what? <laughs> and then I was just like, okay, no, I understand that. That sounds pretty cool. Um, and like obviously coming here, coming here and doing a podcast is pretty sweet. Um, I never really thought that I'd be doing something like this, you know, and then I get the question asked, hey, you want to do a podcast? It'd be you, Jake and I. <laughs> and I was like, okay, sure, you know, why not? Um, obviously, getting to talk sports, that's like what we do every day, so. And, and we want to we wanna be real with everybody about this. Not None of us are experts on, on anything. I, maybe Jake and Stefan would, would d- differ with my opinion on it, but what I will say is that we, we have a passion for it. Like, I think anybody with a little bit of uh, PDA for their own sports team or just for sports in general probably has. So, um, you know, that's, that's where the PDA part comes from a little bit is just, you know, we, we have massive affection for our sports teams that we care about for sports in general. And, um, and we want to display it publicly here on a podcast. Yeah. And I think too, like there's a lot of people that can kind of um, relate to that in a sense as well as like you can just get lost in talking sports whether it's for your favorite team or favorite sport or just anything in general there's always something happening with sports it doesn't matter which sport it is um and you can kind of just show your affection your love for that sport just by talking with it with somebody random somebody you know and different things like that I mean there's been countless of times where we're driving back from from meets or at practices and like hey did you see Gonzaga lost last night and that you know, we'll end up talking. O- First of all, that doesn't <laughs> happen very often. I had to throw the shot in there. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Shots fired already. We're three minutes in, but it's fine. Yeah, it's um, it's honestly kind of wild because even myself, um, I'm a Michigan fan. I'm a Michigan sports fan. Um, so I bleed blue. Um, but honestly, like anytime I see someone wearing like Michigan gear, every time I see it, I say, go blue. And then they say it back. Um, that doesn't really work for a Zag guy like myself. Um, I don't see a lot of people wearing Gonzaga gear here in the Midwest. So, yeah, it does. I mean, I see I see Badgers quite a bit. Badgers, Packers, Brewers. Yeah, Mister Wisconsin. Lots of Mister Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin <laughs> primarily. We might need to bring Brandon on as a guest. Soon yeah. to talk about the Gophers a little bit. Yeah, that Let's probably that would probably say. be good. Um, so a little bit of uh, what we'll start out with is just tonight on tap. Um, give you guys an idea of kind of things that we want to talk about. Um, obviously, we've been talking a little bit about what this is, who we are. You will get to know us all a lot more in depth over the next three weeks. Um, we're going to do like origin stories uh, once a week on each of us. So tonight you get to dive into a little bit of what Jake and is, Jake and Anderson, his origin story. So get your uh, teddy bear or whatever you <laughs> want, see us some popcorn. 
Um, we're also going to touch base on obviously seasonal sports. Um, we are recording this on March 30th, 2023, which is opening day for major league baseball. So Jacob's going to be talking a lot tonight, which I'm sorry for everybody listening, but we'll get into Stefan and me talking a little bit more probably uh, on future podcasts. Um, we're also going to uh, maybe talk about early season, preseason predictions. Um, not necessarily preseason anymore, but, you know, pretty much. Um, talk counts. a little bit about, yeah. Still counts. <laughs> <laughs> we'll count it. Um, we're talking a little bit about the Final Four, uh, which is obviously all set for the uh, men and women. Um, touch on how the brackets have kind of shaken out and if we have any thoughts about what's kind of gone on up to the Final Four and what we're excited to see about from Houston this weekend. Um, sorry, Houston, not you, but the actual city that the games are taking place yeah. at. Um, touch on the best of uh, PDA we've seen by fans, potentially. Um, we might not have a lot of stuff this week, but we want to be able to bring to you some exciting fan news. So if uh, fans are tenting for things or going wild or crazy for their teams, we want to bring you uh, maybe a story of that um, once a week. And then finally, we'll finish with a segment called Last Call, and uh, each of us will be able to maybe talk about something in the sports world that uh, we didn't touch on in the earlier part. So I think we should probably dive in with a little bit of Jakin's origin story or All right. what yeah. do you think? We can, we can start with that or we could do the fan base thing too. Yeah. You, you start, man. You, you okay. Either, you, All right. We'll start, story. we'll start with the Jakin origin story. Uh, so, um, I was born and raised in New Ulm and, uh, oh, okay. Maybe not that origin story. Um, no, so I... Um, is this going to be a Marvel origin story or a DC origin story? I wish story? I was Tony Stark, to be honest. So it's a Marvel. Yeah, it'd be a Marvel. Okay. Yeah. So um, over here like, what's <laughs> um, So, okay. Uh, I was born around 2000, and the early 2000s were um, a pretty interesting time, especially in America, especially around 2001 with 9-11 and... Um, the plane striking the buildings and stuff like that. And growing up, uh, especially during that time, my mom didn't really want to have her one-year-old watching all that stuff on the news and like being, you know, being kind of brought into that and stuff. So her idea was to find anything and everything that wasn't that, because obviously that was a really big news story, especially living in America. Like these terrorists just hit our buildings with planes. Like, yeah. you know, um, I don't know how much you remember of that, Stefan, either. I mean, like, might be the only person on this podcast. Yeah, that's like you might. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't too uh, too old. I was probably like four or five. Um, honestly, I think I was in class when it happened. Um, I was in like first grade, I believe. Yeah, I was like five or six, I guess. Um, first grade, but yeah, I, I do kind of remember because it, it was like it was on TV. We kind of had like a TV in the classroom. Um, and I was and like, obviously I didn't understand what it was just because I was so young, right. but like, honestly, looking back on it, then I'm just like, wow, you know, thinking about what happens, like actually really crazy. Um, it's just crazy, you know, like that stuff just happens like this, you know, and it was happening here, you know, yeah. like yeah. you see on the news and you see in the world that this horrible stuff happens, but it was just like, wow, this is like, you know, not yeah. too far away from everybody here. And I think too, like we didn't have like cell phones back then either to, you know, just have a news alert, like, Hey, this just happened. Like we were living in very rural, rural, um, like central Wisconsin, like just kind of in the middle of nowhere in a sense, we didn't have cell phones or anything like that. So, um, I think the way it happened was me and my mom were out shopping early in the day 
and then got back and I don't know if we were visiting my dad or like he saw it in his classroom and then my mom just got back and turned on the TV and saw it or something. But that's kind of what I was told about how that happened. I don't have any recollection of that or anything, but um, yeah, she didn't really want me growing up and just having that being a part of, you know, my early life was like, oh yeah, this happened by the way, because obviously it's a very traumatic experience um, for everybody who was involved with that and stuff. And just to be growing up in that time of just, you know, it's one of those things like you sit there and you kind of remember where you were at. So um, her way to kind of keep me kind of sheltered from that in a sense was just turning on Sports Center because even though, you know, there was very serious situations going on, there were still sports around and um, that kind of fostered my love for sports. I remember they tell stories all the time of, yeah, we'd be watching a NASCAR race and we'd be like, all right, who's that driver? Who's that driver? And I could name them just by sheer memory of um, color. He can still like, do this today. I could, I could, yeah, I like could F1 still get racing instead. But well, F one is easier because it's only twenty drivers and right. There's a, there's fewer colors. Yeah, right. there's fewer fewer colors. There's only ten different teams. But like for NASCAR, you've got however many different sponsorships, and there's forty drivers compared to twenty and stuff like that. And you know, I had my favorites of Jeff Gordon, but then my favorite color was red. So then naturally I just cheered for whoever drove the red car, which happened to be Casey Kane while I was growing up and just kind of stuck with that. Um, I also cheered for Matt Kenseth, who is from Wisconsin, just went into the NASCAR Hall of Fame uh, this past year. But um, yeah, I just, I really kind of started taking hold of sports from that young age. And my parents were also very like, as I was growing up, you either do chores in the house or you're going to be outside playing. So I would kind of put myself in situations of like, all right, it's game seven of the NBA finals, or, you know, I'm pitching in the world series or I'm playing in the Super Bowl, or different things like that. And, um, just being able to like have those moments, even though I wanted to be inside playing video games and actually like playing with, you know, my heroes of Ryan Braun, Prince Fielder, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, you know, being able to like play in a virtual world, I was still kind of able to have that imagination aspect to it. And, um, you know, as I've grown up now getting to college and stuff, I've been able to work on broadcasts and live streams for um, Bethany Sports and being able to uh, broadcast those games and announce for basketball and soccer and softball and baseball and kind of be like... So your mom's plan like worked to a T. Yeah, it worked to a T. Like it I, doesn't always <laughs> happen, I feel like. I yeah. She she really drove home, like, the sports aspect to it. She was just texting me today, too, about, you know, go Brewers and stuff like that. And um, Yeah, sorry about that one. Yeah, it's, <laughs> hey, yeah. you know, it is what it is. You can't win them all. Sorry, can't win sorry. them all. Um, but, yeah, she, she really drove home the love for sports and just cheering for those teams. Um, my dad was a huge Minnesota Vikings fan until 1998. And for you Vikings fans, you know what year that was. Um, Gary Anderson misses the kick to send him to the Super Bowl. Falcons come back and win that game. Um, that was kind of his last, like, nope, can't do this anymore. Uh, he didn't really have a team after that. It was just he couldn't cheer for the Vikings because... How does just how heartbreak does he just flip the switch to I change just, teams? I mean, I, I, okay, this is. <laughs> I hope everybody listening is taking notes that if you're a man, you can switch teams. But what I am saying, because it's been done, obviously, then. But what I am saying is, I think it's hard to change teams. I I, ha, I don't know about you guys, and and 
if, if this is just something that you're, you, you're I, saying your dad's done. I know my brother's done it before, but that was he was a Brett Favre fan, so he went from yeah. the Packers to a Vikings fan, and now he doesn't care anymore. Yeah, but I, um, I mean, like I would say, it, it would make it easier if you're a fan of a player, um, the athlete behind yeah. you know, that jersey. Yeah, um, and then you just follow them wherever they go, and then you're just a fan of that team. I'm, I'm on board for that. I, I think that's something yeah. that 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 I'd hope people are. I mean. Anybody that, you know, follows sports, you start obviously having that interest in specific players. Like, mm-hmm. you follow those players, but just teams, just straight-up teams. Like, Stefan, and first of all, if you're, is your dad a Packers fan, Jacob? No. Well, he is now because okay. he, you know, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But <laughs> I wouldn't say that he just <laughs> went from, you know, Vikings to, all right, now I'm a Packers or a Lions fan or whatever. I think it was just more he – Growing up, like, his dad was a huge Vikings fan, and for years it was just, like, you know, close, 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 just couldn't get it done, and then that was supposed to be the year that they go to the big game, and then they end up missing it again, and I think it was just one too many heartbreak, just can't can't do it anymore. But So what does Grandpa say to Dad? Grandpa still has him in the will somehow. I don't... <laughs> That's a good question. The amount of the amount of the amount of times my family jokes, all right, you're out of the will just because my dad does something is is really funny, but at the same time, like, you know, it's dad. It's you kinda expect it. I don't I, see Stefan walking in with Ohio State. No I, stuff. I don't I mean, think that, that would never happen. it would never happen. I don't think that would ever happen knowing That's stuff. That's crazy though. I would even yeah. make a bet. <laughs> I would even make I would not even make a bet because so I would not wear that red. See, one of my favorite things to do, though, in high school was to make a jersey bet, and I would always do it with a Cowboys fan because for a couple years, the Packers and Cowboys played a bunch, and he would always wear his, you know, the blue alternate uh, with, like, the white sleeves and stuff like that, the star on the sleeves. He had a Jason Witten jersey of that, which, by the way, super cool jersey. Like, one of my top favorite jerseys. Cowboys jerseys, at least, I think. But I would always make a bet with him and say, all right, if the Packers win, you wear my Jordy Nelson Packers jersey for a day at school. If the Cowboys win, I'll wear your Jason Witten jersey. Was this a mustard yellow, like, Thanksgiving, no, Jordan? No, this was okay. just a, this was the, the green and gold, green and gold, green and gold jersey. I never lost that bet. I think I made it with him two or three times, never lost that bet. <laughs> So you hear That's that? You hear that here, <laughs> folks. If you want to ride a team, do not be a Cowboys fan, or just go with Jakin's pick. <laughs> I wouldn't do that either. I apparently we got we got we got a good predictor in that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that. You haven't seen my brackets yet. <laughs> yeah, one, <laughs> <laughs> one for one. Yeah, but anyways, just to kind of finish up, I think a lot of what at least sports side, like rooting for teams and cheering for teams, I got from my mom just because she was very influential about just trying to keep it where I could watch things that weren't um, going to always be either political or just kind of be out there in terms of the realm of, like, content and stuff like that. You know, with sports, you kind of see what you get, but it's also a new thing every day where, like, you know, there's new storylines, new topics and stuff like that. Um, And it's just fun to keep up with. Um, I will say my dad instilled the love of running, which is how I ended up running, even though I took to it later, but... He's run, I don't even know at this point, like 12 marathons or something like that. And something he and I have That's always, crazy. full crazy. marathons. The funny thing is, he, I can't remember the last time he's trained for one. I, and I love you, Dad, because I know you're going to end up listening to it, and I know you're going to feel like you're getting picked on. But at the same time, I, 
every year we've here although i will say he has been texting us this year hey i'm going out for a run and then we get a text 90 minutes later all right done so he's keeping up with it i'm proud of you either that or he's going to watch a movie or theater hey there's a couple of good ones out that super mario movie it's it, probably 90 minutes it probably could be so. <laughs> but no he instilled the love of running for me and has kind of caused me to kind of go after and chase going to Boston Marathon and qualifying for that and kind of piqued my interest with that. He's also given me tips throughout um, his running career and now my running career of just like form and breathing and, hey, I read this in a magazine or an article and stuff like that. So it's been cool too um, to be able to like talk with him about that because even though it's maybe not the whole realm of sports, um, there's still something for us to be able to talk about too in terms of just being physically active and engaged with that stuff. And he'll also come down and watch games with me and mom and just be sitting there cheering with us and um, enjoying the moment with us too. And, uh, you know, through the joys of watching our team make a playoff run to uh, the 2015 NFC Championship game where there was a unfortunate mishap with a uh, certain onside kick that uh, led to a certain outcome that was not in favor of the Green Bay Packers. That was brutal. <laughs> um, you dive down that road. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the pain of my background in sports. But I, as as a uh, as a Vikings fan, I will say that Packers fans have nothing to complain about. You're not wrong. I, we, I go to Wisconsin, and the, I remember the first time that my wife and I were in Wisconsin together. I remember like turning to her and saying like. Do you know how cool it is that like people here know what a Super Bowl feels like? Multiple Super Bowls. Yeah, multiple like. Super, yeah. Like, do you do you like have do you do you know how cool it is like that we're walking around people that like have know that feeling? I'm not saying there's not Packer fans in Minnesota, obviously, yeah. but like, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough to to see your team get close like your dad has so many times. I will say my my grandpa's been a season ticket holder for years that have gone by, and. Um, and literally for like 60 years and um he's he's still a purple people eater so he's he's stuck it yeah. out right <laughs> that's honestly though i feel like it's it's hard for me to sit there and be like we're are we going to jump into the aaron Rodgers stuff i feel like that's a perfect perfect segue I talking mean, i mean we can definitely talk a little bit about like okay on my list good are we done with your origin story? yeah that's my that's origin story let's let's talk about it's let's a, it's a five page Page Turner, guys. Yes. If you want to see, we're going to see if Marvel will do a comic on it. <laughs> so we'll have to get a hold of them. 10 out of 10. Um, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Um, well, so as everyone knows, that Aaron Rodgers has announced that he would like his trade from the Green Bay Packers um, to the Jets. And this happened on March 15th, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that pretty seems much right. watched it live. Yeah. Right? The, the yeah. Pat McAfee show... Yeah. Just sitting there watching it with like five hundred thousand other people, it was crazy. Like, That's easily the most that show has gotten it, for it like concurrent been. video and if I remember or viewers. Right, like the first thing Aaron Rodgers says, "I am not revealing like where I'm going on this show." Or didn't he say he, that? He like that. at yeah, the beginning, something like that. There, it was something like was it like, was. Oh, what was it? It was something like this is not a me announcing what's happening because it's already James like moment. announced. Yeah. This is like he's already James decided. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, watching that live was just like, you're sitting there and just every word he said, you're just like waiting for him to just drop. Yeah. I'm retiring. Yeah. I'm playing for the, you know, 
just just to what say what it? his decision was, I think he took like twenty minutes of that interview just, just to like explain everything, which is fair because like, and as sports fans, I think yeah. we were all like, "Come on, come on, tell just us. say it," and we're all excited about it. Yeah, but obviously, Jaken, right? I mean, we we already know he's a Packer fan, yeah. true and true. Like, but, what are you going through personally? Because what you're going through and what Stefan and I are going through is more like, "Hey, where's he going?" And you're going through like. Where is he going? Yeah, because, I mean, to be fair, all I've known, 22 years of life, all I've known, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. That's horrible. I mean, right. can you That's all I've known as QB. Like that, Stefan? No. Like, what the heck? And I think part of it was you don't want to see him go because all you know him for is that green and gold and, you know, just Hail Marys, well, here's crazy plays. Is there a better duo in your lifetime than Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers? So this is, we're, we're talking, what, 21? 20, 20 22 years. Half, 22, 22 years. yeah, something like that. Okay, so if we're looking at that, what, Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady? Probably during that time. Yeah. Who, who else? Is there, is there anybody <sighs> off, like, the top here? Because that's, that's probably the only one that I'd say as a duo yeah. was significant, like, had significant. Like, the backup actually came and replaced the starting quarterback. And, yes. And did... Basically, what the starter had done. I mean, you look at Rodgers and uh, I mean, if, I'm, okay, okay, understandable. But if you look at Jimmy G, right? Yeah, the year that Tom Brady couldn't play because of the deflate yeah. gate, correct? Yep. Like he came in and he provided what the Patriots needed. And I think the Forty Niners have had a good string of quarterbacks, yeah. but for what they've accomplished, you know what I mean? Like Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, MVPs, yeah. like straight up. I mean, Rodgers the best at what they do. Some of the best football I think I've seen Rodgers play was the last two years after the Jordan Love trade or draft. Yeah. I think. Like, you look at what he did the first 10 years of his career, obviously winning a Super Bowl, won two MVPs during that time. I think he had that killer instinct for two years after that Jordan Love trade. And then I think the Devontae Adams... Trade if we, obviously if we talk about the Green Bay Packers for like the rest of these podcasts. I might lose my mind. Hey, that's but fair. I'm okay with talking about what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. well, okay, okay. First off, it's understandable why he would want to leave and try something new. Yeah. Just because in his tenure with the Green Bay Packers, they have never drafted him a number uh, uh, first round wide receiver. It's been since 2002, right? And yeah, I like, don't think it, I'm I'm gonna spoil a draft podcast for future down the road i don't think they're taking a wide receiver first round right. this year they will not no because they'll pay for one free agency or, Pro, or they'll trade for the one of the jets because the jets have like nine but i mean yeah. they just signed alan czar they did the jets so and they and the jets traded who'd they trade i don't even remember they traded them to the browns though i'm not sure i don't i don't remember off the top of my head but um yeah they i think that trade package for it was Elijah Moore that the tra- uh, Jets traded, but um, I think that trade for Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be they're probably going to get a second, which is fine. I think there's enough talent in that draft in the first two rounds, especially like the discrepancy of talent between um, pick fifteen and forty five. I saw isn't that vast, so you could probably draft the first two rounds anyway from fifteen to forty five. What is their draft number? Um, they're at 15 in round one, and then whatever that would be in round two. The Jets own 13, 42, and 43. So so with those picks, right, obviously, like, they're not going to get the first-round pick. But 
do you think that the Green Bay Packers is going to like try to pressure them to give them the first round pick just for Aaron Rodgers, or do you think Aaron Rodgers is worth the first round pick? I think they're going to, but here's the thing, and it's going to tie in Lamar Jackson a little exactly. bit. Exactly, I was going to bring that the up. The well. Jets could have leverage if they say, "Well, if you don't agree to what we give you, then we're, we're going to go, go after Lamar, Lamar," which I think is smart because one. The Jets may not have to give up as much. I feel like they maybe give up a, a veteran wideout in a second-round pick. I think that would be fine because the Packers are going to want to get one anyways, um, and they can kind of structure a package around that, I feel like. But then, two, if the Packers really are going to play hardball, I could definitely see Lamar getting a trade to New York, but yeah. I think the holdup would be if Baltimore are willing to trade him. So well, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was just say the, the question is what are what are the what are the players in this? Because we, we're talking about the Jets. We're talking about, you know, obviously Baltimore, right, has to be involved in this too. Because if Lamar leaves Baltimore, who's going there? But so, so, what I'm thinking, obviously, we all know that Lamar Jackson on March second had uh, requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens, right? Yeah. So obviously, he's not re- ready to be in that. Um, franchise at this moment right Right. um just because he wants to get more money so i understand that right um he wants a big contract he wants deshaun watson type money that the browns gave him right um he has the accolades for it he actually has the accolades for it he has mvp um and he has you know pretty much great seasons every time he's played but another thing with the baltimore ravens is that they too just like the green bay packers um they, they haven't given him any receivers um, if anything, they've taken away receivers. Yeah, the Hollywood, the Hollywood Brown trade, I remember, on draft night, was, I was like, oh, right. so what do they have in Baltimore? Like, Nothing. They had Rashad Bateman, but... Well, what, um, what are they spending their money on right now? Defense. So if, if it is defensive players... But their defense was hurt, like, all last season, so they had a bad year, and yeah. then this year, Lamar Jackson got hurt um, basically at the end of the season. So, like, it just, it just hurts... Because their team can't be healthy together. I mean, Derek Carr's just got a new contract, and he's making more, like, I think, is it twice as much money? It's, well, like, twice as much money as Lamar Jackson. Made. And what I saw, too, I saw a tweet that um, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson were in the same draft. Lamar, I think his career earnings are somewhere around, like, $33 million, and Josh Allen is up near, like, $85 million. Yeah, pay that man. Which he's an MVP. Lamar has an MVP. And Josh, like, yes, the Bills have been perennial, like, AFC, you know, contenders or whatever for the past couple of years now. But Allen hasn't won an MVP yet. Some are, some could argue that he maybe should or has at this point or whatever. Um, that's besides the point. He hasn't had that accolade yet, yet still he's making more than what an NFL MVP is making. That's, that is correct. I mean, team by team, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like, honestly... So at twenty eight point five million is what Derek Carr is making. Like, what? What? Lamar Jackson's at what? Do we? Do we? Do we? Do we know that's that? We'll look it up here. I'll look it up. You guys keep talking. I'm gonna but I, I just think it's ridiculous because, like, thinking about it, um, they don't even need to sign him to like a huge contract for like a lot of years. Just sign him for like a nice, you know, three year deal. Um, give him like guaranteed money and say this is what we're gonna do right now. Well, yeah. didn't they give him like a three-year one thirty? Like they offered him a three-year one thirty 
million guaranteed or something like that. They, they did. Or it was it was something weird though where it was like it wasn't fully guaranteed or something. Yeah. I think he wanted the fully guaranteed fully, fully and they guaranteed. weren't gonna do that or something. Yeah, so they did they did shoot him an offer. Um obviously he shot it down. Did you, he is also his own agent. Um so he doesn't have an agent that's working for him. But obviously the people that are in the front offices, um they actually help him with all, everything that he needs to know um going I, through the process. I so thirty two point five mil is what his year contract is this year for uh, this upcoming year for Jackson. Derek Carr just had a $28.5 million signing bonus, but he's got a four-year $150 million contract. So do the math there. I can tell you right now that is $37.5 million that Derek Carr is making per year. And I don't know if any of us – I mean, I, I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback, but he's not better than Lamar Jackson. No, that's like, that, Right. I mean, does, does anybody here think he's better than Lamar Jackson? I mean, like, I'm just saying he's making $5 million more than Lamar is this year. Look, I think I think Carr is a great quarterback, but Lamar is elite. Like, you put him top five quarterback in the NFL just with the way. And he's been. and We saw the Ravens without him last year. We like, saw that. They, they weren't exactly. the same team, you know? Exactly. Was, and he's had teammates come out and speak out, too, and say, Hey, I, you know, all this bashing Lamar and stuff like that doesn't make sense because he shows up, he works his tail off. He is constantly trying to work to make himself better, make his team better. He's constantly got a smile on around, you know, um, the locker room. People understand that Lamar Jackson is basically like a superhero. Exactly. Because, like, if you think about it, he, he is great off the field, right? No problems there, right? Obviously, he's great on the field. He's an MVP. And he's, you know, he has potential to be MVP every year that he plays. Um, a full I mean, season. before Mahomes came around, I think people thought that he could be like running the league, you know. And I think Mahomes has kind of taken that mantle a little bit in the NFL. I know I'm getting some stares right now, so it might not yeah. be agreed. Well, but what I will say is, I think Mahomes has done that like year to year. He's had a a franchise. You can see what the Chiefs have done for Mahomes is what Lamar Jackson wants. He wants them to build a team around him. And I think over these years, we've seen them not doing that. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it you know, chime in here, Steph. I see your wheels turning right now. <laughs> no, no, I'm just thinking because like, obviously Patrick Mahomes is a, di- is a different man, right? Patrick Mahomes is truly gifted. He is. But um, when Lamar came around, you know, Pat wasn't, he wasn't doing what he's doing right now. I mean, right? there was a year that Lamar beat out Mahomes for an MVP. No, he did. He did. I, obviously, that is correct. Like, I totally understand. But if you look at this past year, right, with Mahomes, he had a rebuilding team. He just won a Super Bowl. Rebuild. That's right? what I'm saying. Look what the franchise did in Kansas City for, because obviously, you know, whether it's the game plan, whether it's here, this is how we're, you know, this is how we're going week to week. This is what we're doing. These are the packages we're putting together for Mahomes or for wide receiver A, B, C, right? I don't know if they're doing that for Lamar. And we no, I think we not. all know that that Mahomes has more pieces on his team. He, he does. He, than he, Lamar he has. has a lot more pieces on his team. And I in 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 the way that the Baltimore Ravens that they actually pay, play their game, they obviously base their game off Lamar. So instead of having just like, you know, pass plays, they have run designed run plays for Lamar Jackson. Obviously, you know, as a quarterback, you don't want to get banged up too much. Lamar Jackson's different. He, you know, he is very agile, right? Um, he's able to, you know, make defenders m- miss all the time. Um, obviously, the hits he might probably gets is, you know, not as lethal as a lot of other quarterbacks like Josh Allen. You know, he kind of just goes after him. Um, but 
That that is true. He does headhunt a lot. Right, right, right. <laughs> and not necessarily like lowering the head. I just mean like he looks for contact. And, he loves it. And I had seen something too. Tyron Matthew, I think, sent out a tweet because um, the Falcons owner said, you know, oh, yeah, Lamar's missed, you know, five, six games the past couple of years. And Matthew was like, well, look at it this way. The times he's gotten injured are when he's in the pocket. It hasn't been him scrambling exactly. and getting outside the pocket. It's been he's literally just been Sending in the pocket, it, yeah. and, you know, something happens to him. I think this this last year, too, games that he was sitting out, it wasn't necessarily all related to injury. I think people will probably debate that a little bit, but I think some of it was more like, pay me my money, right? So I mean, with Lamar. Do yeah, you think? Okay, okay, so real question is, how much do you guys think he's worth, right? Do you feel like he's worth what he's asking for? Do you do you, do you know like what is he what is he asking? So so What's I don't like, know uh, I don't know for sure what he's asking for, but the original so this was from back at the start of the season. Lamar Jackson rejected a six year, hundred thirty three million, fully guaranteed at signing, which is more than Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, but well short of the two thirty that Deshaun Watson got. They then followed up, and um, I. Yeah, they followed up and gave him three years, one hundred thirty-three million, fully guaranteed. So kept it at that same price, but he'd making, uh, be making more per year, um, and he still turned that down. He he really wants something that rivals Deshaun Watson's, right? Deshaun Watson got like a five-year, two hundred thirty million dollar guaranteed. That dealer. was crazy like, though, and you know what? I think the Browns did that to to literally muck it up. And by muck it up, I just mean like I think they did that to like mess with teams because now they have to pay. I mean, honestly, like Josh Allen, right? And I think we'd probably say he's a top five quarterback, right? Josh Allen. Yeah. I'm not looking at Pat Mahomes. We all know he makes money. He probably should make the most he money. He actually just signed a, like a 10-year contract this past um, this past season, actually. He Mahomes. just like resigned or, or extended Yeah, and contract. it was huge. It was, I remember. Yeah, it was huge. But like, you know, for instance, like Josh Allen, right? He has guaranteed, he has $100 million guaranteed money over the next six years. Or was it? What, let's see. It's uh, um. Yeah, six-year contract extension that he has. It's $258 million, so $43 million per year. Yeah. Um, I think that's the ballpark he should be looking. I don't know what how much total he's looking for, but I think Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, I think, are comparable for what they are for their teams. And, and I don't think he's going to get Mahomes' money. I don't. I, I, Deshaun Jackson is in a different world with money, but he's J- Deshaun Jackson is not as good as Watson. In Deshaun, yes. Deshaun, yeah, Watson. Sorry, we're talking Jackson. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, Deshaun Watson. He he's nowhere near in my. Obviously, I mean, he's been gone from the game for two know, years. Two years too. So, um, he, to me, his potential is up there, but he hasn't done anything. And and I'm a guy. You know, show me the money. You put, perform. Show me the money, but. We, we Deshaun hasn't done that, so well, and I don't think he's he should be getting the money he's getting. The full contract um, was 133 million guaranteed at signing, fully guaranteed. Then there were injury guarantees that brought it up to 175 million. Um, then there was another 25 million for like being on the roster three years from that date or whatever. So it would have been like three years, 200 million dollars that he could have gotten just based on like incentives and stuff like that so the 133 million was the guaranteed but then there was more on top of that contract it's a five year would have brought it up million for deshaun for deshaun i was looking at lamar's sorry lamar's. at lamar's contract art offer okay um yeah i i mean i think 
we'll we'll see obviously what ends up happening here probably in the next uh, do you guys think this is going to happen i i think it's during the draft or you think it's going to happen after i think if teams are going to want cuz doesn't doesn't he have a non-tendered franchise tag or something like that yeah it's 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 not the it normal was, franchise tag yeah it was so and I think what goes with that would be like two two first round picks or something. So if you're the Ravens, you would want it to happen probably before. But I also think Baltimore is pretty stuck on Lamar is going to be our quarterback. I mean, John Harbaugh said it at the league meetings like we're planning for Lamar. Um, so I feel like they want to run with Lamar, but at the Who's same time, is their backup? It's uh, still I think it's Huntley. still Tyler Huntley. Yeah, who. I think they said like he played like he was rivals with Lamar or something like that. Like they they had some sort of like childhood story that they knew each other in like high school or something, yeah, something and like just ended up on the same team or something. But I mean, similar play styles, except that obviously he's not Lamar Jackson. Um, but like I, I think he got like an award for like you know like uh, coming off the bench or something like that, second string yeah uh, quarterback or something. But it was kind of weird. Um, but still, like going back on it. Um, I think that Lamar Jackson obviously is worth what he's asking. Um, obviously, if Deshaun Watson's getting two hundred two hundred thirty mil for five years, uh, I think you know Deshaun Watson. I mean, Desha- Lamar Jackson should be in that <laughs> wheelhouse. Um, honestly, they may not be able to you know pay that with cap space. Um, but obviously, that's when you got to make some moves and. You know, he does have to realize if he wants receivers and he wants, like, you know, pieces for his team. If he wants to be on a good team, he's going to probably have to make less money than Deshaun Watson. I'm not yeah. saying the I'm not saying the Browns are going to be a bad team every year going forward here with Watson, but it's just there's so much money tied up there. But, yeah, um, yeah, I the thing is, too, like, all the contracts and whatnot, like, GMs have so many accountants now that they can just finagle that stuff, but, like, you only have a certain amount of money that you can tie up with players and bonuses and guarantees and stuff like that. Um, looking at the mock draft, too, like, right now the this mock draft, I'm looking at the Ravens are supposed to take Jordan Addison out of USC, so, like, they would get him a wide receiver if he sticks around, and Addison, um, you know, 1,000-yard wide receiver in college, actually, never mind, was looking at the wrong wide receiver. Uh, good, still, good nine. Here, yes, great this is we great. Got, I know how to read. I promise. I'm sorry. Deshaun Jackson <laughs> at quarterback, and we've got uh, uh, <laughs> Addison. Hey, coming in. look, I'm Addison. a PE teacher, not an English teacher. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Addison. Though, I mean, still 60 catches, 900 yards, eight touchdowns, and a couple of rushing yards in there out of USC, but still a very solid wide receiver for them to pick up and especially if you include things like jet sweeps and whatnot using speed on the field. I mean, speed kills. He does kill. So I think that there would be potential there. But, again, it's kind of up to how things play out and I if mean, there's a team that steps forward to offer up the – And we're, we're going to get into this a whole lot more when we're getting closer to the draft. As we get closer to the draft, we'll do we're, – we're maybe going to do like a live – podcast potentially that'd be kind of fun um but either way even if it's not live because because we might all be on the road somewhere um, but if we're if we're not we're, we're definitely going to do kind of like a you don't want to do it on the something. road no probably not oh okay I, I, well, I, I don't I'll, do it on the road. yeah okay i'll plan around um, that then that's fine so yeah we'll, we'll hit that up but i, I think what we all want to hear about jakin because <laughs> there's only a few things that i know i can add probably to this part of the the uh, podcast and stefan's probably with me on this but but we all want to hear about opening day 
because, oh, because before, baby. before we really roll with this, um, this is America's pastime, everybody. And we want everybody to be able to like, you know, really get into this today because if, if you're not getting into this today, I mean, there's enough sports out there for us to talk about, <laughs> but what I will say is, um, you know, it, it, you're, you're not going to get into it. I mean, it's opening day. I mean, what's better than, a, you know, judge hitting a home run day one, already naysayers on MLB.com <laughs> posed the question saying, will he repeat his home run champ this year? And the MLB experts, MLB.com experts answered no. Um, they didn't believe that he's going to be the guy that's winning the home run uh, crown this year. And day one, judge hits a home run. I think that's, you know, what do you, do you guys think that, that he has a shot to win it this year? Do you guys think he's the front runner or do you think somebody else can take that from him? I mean, honestly, each year it's, it's going to change. Um, but I can't say that he's not going to be up there. Um, there's always a possibility for him to actually, you know, you know, go back to back. Um, honestly, like, let's just see how the year plays out. Um, that's, that's the only thing I'd say is obviously time can tell. He's going to be up against different matchups. Um, so different games is going to be a little bit different for everyone. And I think, too, there's a lot more travel now because the way the MLB schedule works, too, they're playing each team in the MLB this year. So there's potential that, like, he could go to uh, um, uh, Los Angeles, right, which is pretty hitter-friendly. I mean, the deepest part of the ballpark is 395, so if you can really get a hold of one, you know, you can get it out and stuff like that. But there's potential for him to really kind of, like, there's – Okay, there are so many rule changes and so many things happening within baseball, specifically the major leagues this year, that provides a lot of intrigue. I think you should get um, into that right now, but bef right before you get into it, I do want to say, or I, I want us all to talk about this just for a quick second, is how much do we love this schedule change that everybody's playing everybody? Like, personally, like, I do love that. That's, like, I think every year you look into it, you play, you know, your your own division an nth amount of times and you're, you're you're talking about now actually getting to play against every single franchise this year like I, I i think that that's really cool for for baseball and i think it's something that was a positive change i don't know if all these changes that we talk about are going to be great but i think this is a great one yeah i i think for sure like you get as an organization i feel like you get to say hey we get to welcome in potentially like shohei otani and mike trout and then also aaron judge and the yankees and then also Freddie Freeman and the Dodgers. You know, like, you have potential for, you know, a team like, say, the Tigers or even the Toronto Blue Jays um, to be able to say, hey, we're welcoming in this NL West Coast team that we would maybe otherwise see only once every three or four years. Um, I think it's really, I, I think it's really cool that they're going to have that. And I think, especially for players where, you know, you maybe get sick of, all right, we have to go to St. Louis again. We have to go to St. Louis again. You know, there's a there's been a cutback on the number of division games, which I think increases the intensity of those division games because you only are going to see those more limited now. It's not 19 like it was last year. It's cut back to, like, I think 12 or something like that. That's huge. Um, So that, you know, you lose those seven games. That's a full series in the postseason that you lose against a division rival. Yeah. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see, especially the intensity in those games, and then also being able to say, hey, we get to go play the Angels next week, and we get to go play the Mariners, you know, and go on a true West Coast trip other than just going to, all right, we're going to go play the Dodgers, then we're going to go play the Rockies, and then we're back home. Is, you know? it, is it home in a way with um – 
everybody in like your league? I don't think so. Because I was looking at it. The I don't. Twins play at well, New in York your league, yes. In your league, yes. If it's a so NL opponent for like the Twins, then no. It won't right. be home and away. They'll play once against them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like that. What are the other rule changes we got, Jake? Uh, bigger bases. They look like pizza boxes now. Um, and I think I think that's Who a good one. like that? I remember <laughs> back in the kickball days, I, I enjoyed when we did, we called Matt Ball. Yeah. I don't know if you guys ever did oh, that yeah, in PE, talking about ball. a PE teacher yep. right now. Yep. Um, those those mats were like the size of like a dinner table. And you would you would die. So I don't yeah. know why they just don't make mats that big or bases that big, but they'll get there. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a <laughs> it's 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 bigger. I th- what is it? I don't I don't know the metrics on it. It's bigger like three square inches or something like that. It went from fifteen to eighteen. Um, I think it's safer for the players too, just because um, there were a lot of incidents with you know, a player being too close down the line or something like that, or, you know, you're sliding into the second, you know, they have more surface area now to be able to um, slide into the base and kind of be out of the way of the play in a bit. Do you think it's going to create more stealing opportunities? Oh, 100%. Be like, what, There's, what, are, what are the totals this year? Gonna, are they are they going to put an asterisk by every stealing record that is created like this year and beyond because they're bigger bases? No, it's not the bases that are going to do it. It's the pace change with the pitch clock, which is the biggest change besides maybe from the shift. There's more with the pitch clock, so I'm going to start with the shift rules first just because we can get that out of the way. Yeah. But um, so with the shift, uh, it used to be that you could line up literally as many infielders on either side. You know, So if you have a right-handed batter up, you, would li- you could line all your players except the first baseman up on the left side to try to defend that way. And what we saw with that was a decrease in batting average um, and guys just trying to hit the ball over the fence because that was really the only way you could um, beat it. It wasn't like you could just hit a sharp uh, ground ball into the hole, split the um, shortstop and third baseman. Uh, There was more defenders over there. So now they have it where you have to have two defenders on the infield touching the infield dirt on either side of the base. So it's Basically, they're saying you have to have a third base, a shortstop, a second baseman, and a first baseman playing in those positions in the infield that way. And, like, they can still have the freedom to move, but there's, like, essentially an imaginary line that goes through the so infield. that should that, create a lot more small ball. It, right? Exactly. And right. I think you're going to see an uptick in batting average. I think you're going to see the return of, like, situational hitting more than just trying to hit a three-run home run to take the lead. Like, you might see, you know, station-to-station baseball and stuff like that. Um, And I think it's going to create a lot more intrigue. You can kind of feel momentum build, too, off the small ball and stuff like that. But Not to make um, one of these rules too much, but have they added the rule of having two people on one base at a time because the bases are bigger? No, they didn't didn't add. It's still one. It's not, not like, mat ball or anything like that. but yeah, so the pitch clock, which I think was the most scrutinized new rule. I mean, everybody made fun of the bigger bases and stuff just because, you know, bigger than what they were used to and right. things like that. But the pitch clock, um, the bat, uh, let's see, it's 15 seconds with no runners on base, 20 seconds with a runner on base, and 30 seconds in between batters. So already pace of play, I think. The Brewers-Cubs game today, I was watching it. We're we're in the seventh inning by, like, the two-hour mark. Like, it was just moving. And, like, there are other games that were doing that, too, where, like, the pace of play was just up there. And there was 
a whole host of different um, moments. I think Marcus Stroman is now an answer to a trivia question for first um, uh, pitch clock violation. He took too long getting set and starting his delivery to home ended up being a ball. Um, I should I should say that too. So um, if it's a violation on the pitcher, it's either a ball or a balk, depending upon what happened. If they're too long delivering to home, it's a ball. It's a balk, I think, if they throw over too many times. You only have a certain amount of times per at-bat to be able to throw over and check the runner. Uh, for the batter, they have to make eye contact with the pitcher at 7 on the pitch clock. Um, and there have been batters that haven't done that. It'll be a strike called on them, which we've seen that end games and different things like that as well. Um, but I think that really speeds up the pace of play because now you're not going to have a pitcher who's going to take a minute to, you know, grab the ball, rub some rosin on his hand, walk around a little bit, kind of shake things out. You're not going to have a batter foul it off and, all right, got to adjust the batting gloves, you know, missed it right down the middle, this is look your at his prime bat. Bathroom you know, break time during baseball games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they're cutting that out. They're, they're cutting that out. Um, you know, if you make an ice cream run in the fifth inning, shout out dad, uh, you're going to have to be really quick um, because, again, like the pace of play and the action is going to pick up. So and I, I wonder, and I think something that I'm, I'm just jotting down here that I think we should maybe look into as this season progresses is, you know, business side of baseball, like is that going to be up or down this year with like shorter games? Like does that affect the amount of money that's coming in for these games? Like you're talking about promotions, advertisements, things like yeah. that. Like they're paying big money to do that at games. If a game's an hour shorter, like what, like what does that do for business? Well, and one, one thing I noticed too on the broadcast for the Brewer game, they started throwing in ads in the middle of innings, like quick 10, 15 second ads, because I think the amount of television time that baseball usually gets is going to go down because the games aren't going to be going as long. And so they just started putting the advertisements in the middle of the game and, you know, they go like uh, picture in picture in a sense and they have the advertisement and the sound going over it. And then they'll, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's going to be that. I also think, and going back to the stolen bases, there was a moment where Ronald Acuna hit a single and then the pitcher threw over, you know, was at the limit for the amount of times he threw over. He knew he had to deliver for home. So he just, took off and stole the base. So I think there's going to be a lot of that too. If pitchers use up on a speedy runner, they use up their throwovers. Um, the the runner's just going to take off no matter what the count is. So I think that's going to be interesting too. Um, there is also a pitch clock violation on the Mets, which I thought was kind of interesting. So Pete Alonzo was on first base and ended up um, taking too long getting back to the base and ended up getting a strike called on his teammate. So instead of it being an 0-1 pitch count or whatever because his teammate had followed it off, it ended up being 0-2, and everybody was just in confusion. But the base runners on base, too, they have to be back to a certain area, whether it's on the base or near the base, at a certain time point as well um, to keep the pace of play going, which I thought was interesting. So so on uh, this, is, this is Twitter, y'all, so don't get too excited. But last year, MLB average was three hours and three minutes. From games today, we got Giants, Yankees, 233, Brewers, Cubs, 221, Braves, Nationals, 307, Orioles, Red Sox, 310, uh, Tigers, Rays, 214, Phils, Rangers, 304, Twins, Royals, 232, Pirates, Reds, 302, Mets, Marlins, 242, Jays, Cards, 338, White Sox, Astros, 238. So it's a small sample size, but you can tell like the average of that is definitely under three hours. And uh, in some of those games, too, the Orioles, Red Sox, 10 to 9, uh, Phillies, Rangers, 
eleven to seven. Uh, Blue Jays Cardinals ten to nine. Like yeah. it was higher scoring games. There was a lot more action. I mean, the the Blue Jays Cardinals game alone had thirty four hits between the two teams. So it was constant action on the base paths and in the playing field, as well as just you know getting you know going through the lineup and stuff like that. So do we all, do we all think like these rules are positive for the game? I mean, I, I, like after hearing and that's is that all? Are there any more that you have? Left? I to my knowledge, no. Okay, I I think that. I think everything's. I think these rules are going to make baseball better. I'm not saying like. I mean, baseball is always going to be baseball, but I think I, for the fan, make it more appealing. I think there's going to be more PDA going on for, <laughs> for baseball. Is what I'm saying. In Worked it in there. I'm just saying, like, well, it was World Baseball was this year, and yeah, I mean, and and the the contrast between the World Baseball Classic and MLB was different, just because the World Baseball Classic doesn't necessarily abide by those same rules it's a lot of mlb players and stuff like that but i think the world baseball classic had it definitely had more pda for their teams because you look at the the cuban national team you look at the americans you look at even japan who um ended up winning the whole thing uh the amount of fandom that was just seen at the ballpark for each of those teams no matter where they were playing um i think was really cool and really special and just something that like definitely you look at it and are like you know that's what a true fan is I mean a lot of those play you look at things like the World Cup as well and how much that means to those fans and whatnot and the heroes welcome that Argentina got in their first game back um the heroes welcome that Japan is going to get back when the World Baseball Classic rolls around again and stuff like that like um the amount of love that was for baseball, I think, was positive, and it definitely grew the game of bas- or baseball that way. But then these rules, too, like it's going to add more excitement and more action to the game that I think is going to draw more casual fans, which I think is what MLB wants, is the people who are like, yeah, I'll go to a ball game. They want to make the product more intriguing to them. That way, you know, they keep coming back, the business side of baseball. All so. Right. so since we are talking about baseball, right? I'm just going to go through the top 10 ranked teams. Um, up yes. Um, so at one, we got the Astros, obviously, defending champs, right? Um, number two, we got the Padres. Um, three, we got the Braves. Four, we got the Yankees. Five, Dodgers. Six, we got the Mets. At seven, we got the Phillies. Eight, we got the Blue Jays. Nine, the Cardinals. Ten, the Mariners. Were there three American League teams in that top 10? Or four? <laughs> Astros won. Astros won. The Yankees were at five. They're at two. I two. mean, they're at four. They're at four. Four? Yeah, the Yankees are at four. Um, Who else do we got on that list? We got the uh, the Blue Jays and the Mariners. So there's four. There's four of them there, yeah. Uh, National League is loaded this year. Yeah. I, I do think, um, man, should we just go through predictions right now? I mean, like, I mean like might as we well. Think, like, teams will finish. Yeah. Um, I mean, if if we what do we let's say we could we could do division the, winners too and do, just start with divisions. Let's do division winners. Let's do division winners. Um, there's no way that I lose this. <laughs> <laughs> well, your Red Sox are are the only own one ball team in uh, the AL East, so it's not, it's not looking good for the uh, the Red Sox. Um, what I, what I will say is um, it's it's a long season, as we all know. Um, and I'm not going to lie. They might be the third best team in that division, which is rough because, um, the, the Yankees and the blue Jays, in my opinion, are probably better than our, uh, Red Sox this year. And I don't like saying that, but, um, 
you think the Rays and the Orioles won't really amount to anything? I don't think they're going to be bad. I just think the Blue Jays have more. We saw last year what they did. Um, I mean, the Orioles Orioles were pretty good last year too, weren't they? Oriole, Orioles have a very solid young core. That um, Adley, Adley Rushman, uh, their top prospect from last year, first opening day start goes five for five. Well, the hot take on MLB.com for their crystal ball predictions is that 2023 will be the Dodgers over the Blue Jays in the uh, World Series. Is what MLB.com's got. I can't agree with that. I'm sorry, I can't. Being I mean, I don't fan, either. Like be, the, being a Dodgers fan, like you, you, you sure you love it? Look, I'm just, saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, like I know that they probably aren't going to go to the World Series this year just because they usually get out in the first or second round, um, unfortunately, um, but. You know, if they make it there, obviously I'll be happy. I would want them to get there every year. Um, obviously, I'll keep cheering for them to get there again this year. Um, but in my bold prediction, um, I do have the San Diego Padres in my World Series. I, I can see that happening. I, I love the Padres. I, I, mean, I mean, like I love what they're doing. They're I mean, spending the most yeah. money, aren't they? Well, they they are spending <laughs> a lot. The Padres either them or the Mets. The Padres and, and the honestly, Mets. Like I, one of those teams will go. Like money's going to talk this year. I think but, this is a year money talks. You're going to see the Yankees. You're going to see the Mets. You're going to see the Padres. You're going to see the Astros all in the – like, that's – those are the most expensive teams in baseball right now, right? So you got Tatis Jr., you know, still on a 32-game suspension to start the year. Is that what it is? Is 32? It's the 32 okay. now. Um, just because it was, like, what, 80 games in It total. was 80 games, but I forget if they retroactive – Advised, if that's a word, it like they re- made it retroactive to. We made it a word here today. Yeah, I made it a word. Yep. Um, I didn't. I don't know if they made it made it retroactive to a certain date or something because I thought I saw it was like a, um, like a forty two thirty eight that the way they split it up. But I, I could have at, the numbers I flipped. Think at first, they were deciding if they're going to add like the playoff games into it, but they decided not to. Gotcha. Um, okay. So they decided just to go to regular season regular season games. So right now he has thirty two games. Um, remaining until okay. you play again. Obviously, kids don't don't do anything you're not supposed <laughs> to be doing. Um, don't do steroids. <laughs> hey, by the way, okay, you took a shout out to Red Sox earlier. They were down eight to one, eight to two. Yeah, and then it was ten so to four, and then they will, clawed back I in. I will it. say that they lost ten to nine. Yes, they lost against the Orioles, but they, they at least they, scored a run. I think their division. I'm just saying their their division is extremely tough. It's this year. It's always tough in the AL East. I mean, for the Let's be honest. For the Blue Jays and the Orioles, it's always been tough. But this is... Um, okay, let's be honest. Let's really be honest. When's the last time we've actually seen the Yankees go super far? That is true, but I they always the run into one, a bet. I, I they might be run, the only one to see, have seen them like, win multiple World Series. That's multiple, seen. yes. Well, I maybe was alive, but I definitely didn't know what was going I on. I know what was going on for the 09 World Series, but... No, I think I think with the AL East, it's going to be very tight towards the top, especially. And I don't think there's going to be any team that's necessarily like super far below 500, especially with the new the playoff schedule. Seven, seven per, yeah, right. Uh, seven per. Actually, that sounds right. I don't remember. I thought it was six still. We're we're gonna find this out for y'all. Hey, after very day fit, one, the Twins are top of the AL Central. Yes, sir. Based on run differential. <laughs> <laughs> winning two nothing. Hey, they they had a good they had a pitching duel, right? I mean, they two did. Nil, that's it. Took until that's I a think soccer score right there. Everybody took until Larnick drove in Buxton in the sixth inning to get things going. Buxton had a, a triple, which is good to see him healthy and moving again. I mean, 
he had a great year last year. It was a weird year last year for Buxton where he didn't have average, but he was hitting for tremendous power and stuff like that. So hopefully with things like um, the shift uh, not being in the game this year, like hopefully he can start spraying the ball around the field a little bit, get that average up and just, I mean, the first month of April or something, I think he was in MVP talks and then he got injured. Well, and that's just, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. So like going back to the twins, right? So they just, you know, signed Carlos Correa, right? To a nice size contract, correct? Um, after he went to like three different teams, you know, and was about to get this, you know, the same amount in a different contract, but obviously he didn't pass their physical test. Yeah, so the the crazy thing is, I think he signed a total, he, he agreed to a total of like 29 years and almost $900 million worth of money this season between three different teams being the giants the mets and the twins you've got a really good agent there scott boris is fantastic yes yeah that's that's working that's working if i'm not mistaken i gotta double check the uh, playoff number by the way is 12 so those of you that are 12 out there give yourself a pat on the back it was none of us (laughs) it was none of us (laughs) just goes to tell you that you know we love sports we're sports nerds but we're not going to know everything for you no so we're yeah. still learning as much as you guys are. We're not Wikipedia, but and we're not, you know, your, I don't know, MLB.com. No. We're not that either. Um, So I think, like I said, we, we need to do this prediction of what we got for this. Um, Jake, and I know you're chomping at the bit over there. Your mouth is yes. watering. Yes, I am. All right. We're uh, starting. We're starting AL, AL East. AL East. Let's just AL East. Do we want to do run down top to bottom? Uh, we want to do uh, who's coming like the best team in that division. I think I think I was I was just gonna go best team in the division and then wild card. Okay. Um, I think American League. I'm gonna take the Blue Jays. The Central. I'm gonna take the Twins. The AL West. I'm going to take the Astros. And then for my wild card, I'm taking the Yankees, the Orioles, and the Rangers. That's pretty bold. I mean, you got the Astros who are 0-1, and you just pooped on the Red Sox for being 0-1. They and, they uh, lost 3-2. to two. I, They were playing a Red good Sox White Sox, Sox team. It's, you know, fair. <laughs> <laughs> but the, wow. Astros are, the Astros are the reigning world champs, they, they though, are, and that's part of it. It's hard to, it's hard to uh, pick against the Astros. If, if you're a betting person... You, but you know what's hard? It's, like, it's, it's, it's being the defending champions, right? You have to come back, and you have to be either greater that year. The Astros have had a, 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 you know, a chip on their shoulder. Uh, not a chip on their shoulder, but like teams have been eyeing the Astros down ever since the... Uh, the whole incident. The yes. whole incident that, that does not need to be talked about. But what I will say with that is that I think people on the Astros and fans of the Astros, like that team's not even the same anymore, first of all. I, it's not run by this, like the whole the whole outfit there is different. Yeah. So, um, you know, for all you haters of the Houston Astros out there, I mean, give up the grudge. Steph raises his hand. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, yeah, it's a little grudge there, you know, Dodgers. A Dodger fan. fan. I mean, it makes sense, but at the <laughs> but, same time, you know, don't hate on this team is what I'm saying. For for you know, these Astros, like these Astros are different, and they're trying to do everything that every other team's doing. What I'll, I'll go through mine here. Um, I, I'm going to say the Yankees is one actually out of the uh, AL East for my AL Central. Um, I'm going to pick Cleveland begrudgingly. Um, for the AL West, um, I will take the Astros. And then my um, wild cards are going to be the uh, Minnesota Twins. 
Um, yes, I think they'll make the playoffs. They might even get the Yankees in the first round. Um, and then I am going to take the uh, Blue Jays and the Red Sox as my other uh, wild cards. Um, so I've got three teams coming out of the AL East. I genuinely think you could make a case for anybody out of the East and the West, and I feel like the Central is just going to be their division. Like their division winner is the only team that's going to make it out because, yeah, I feel like I feel like it's tough. Yeah, that is there's like tough. three teams in the West that could make it. There's four, potentially five, out of the East, East. that could make it, and then in the Central, it's like just one. Yeah, it's just the leader. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to go with that with the Yankees for the AL East. Um, I think it's gonna be you know a hard fought AL East title. Um, obviously the Blue Jays are there. You gotta, you know, the Red Sox are always gonna be there. The Dude, Red I want them to make the playoffs so bad. <laughs> um, let's see. And AL the Twins, <laughs> I want them to make the playoffs. <laughs> AL Central, obviously, you know, yeah, hometown, hometown, hometown fan. Um, obviously I'm gonna say Twins. Um, AL West. I, I still will have to go with the Astros, even though I'm not a really big Astros fan. I'll have to go with the Astros um, just because, obviously, they brought pretty much their whole team back um, this year. Obviously projected to do either the same or better um, than they did last year. Obviously, they started today out with a loss, unfortunately, um, but for sure they'll bounce back. Well, and Dylan Cease pitched a mas- masterpiece for the White Sox in that opener to just keep that offense quiet. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland's playing Seattle right now, too. I, I think Seattle's going to be a good team. If there's a team that knocks out one of those AL yeah. Central teams that I was talking about, yeah. I think this the the Mariners will be the team to do that. Uh, what about your wild cards? My wild cards, I'm going to have the Mariners. Um, Blue Jays. And... Pick the I'm going to go with the Angels. That's fair, and ah. the angels. The angels are a team too. Some, some like love for an LA. You think about town, like, are you? What do you? What do you? Okay, first of all, I want to. You're a Dodger fan, so what? What is? What are the angels for you? Is this like an ugly stepchild, or is this like? A, <laughs> Honestly, it's like it, they, they're just there. They're just there on it. Like, like literally, like if you think of LA baseball, you don't think of the Angels. You think of the Dodgers. You don't think of the Angels at all. Yeah, but if you think <laughs> right. of Anaheim baseball, you think of the Angels. You think of the Rally Monkey, but none of you guys are old enough. No, definitely um, not. Well, actually, wasn't shout out to Darren Erstead, North Dakota boy. Okay, just a random flyer. Yeah, that's there. fair, but um, understandable. Angels are in a tight one in the top of the first zero zero. So you're onto a. First pitch. You're on to a good pick there. <laughs> Stuff. <laughs> Would like to just say um, literally first pitch. So, okay, so we got our AL picks in. Um, National League. This, I think we all agree, and we just went through, like, what, ESPN's top 10. Um, was that ESPN? Yeah, yeah ESPN's yep, top, ESPN's top, top 10. 10 yeah. So, you know, they, they have six National League. I think we all think here at least that National League spending the money to uh to to put the teams into the playoffs and to have power on their teams and some of the best pitching in baseball is in the National League. Um so I, I think I think this league is gonna be insane this year. This might be the best league again. I'm I'm not a fair weather baseball fan. I definitely watch it and everything, but I, I I'm not Jake and Anderson probably with baseball. 
What I will say, though, is I, I do believe that this year watching National League Baseball, and I, again, I'm an American League guy, I think National League is going to be maybe the best league that's been in baseball for a long time. I think, I definitely think that you're on to something there, but I I look at the AL and just for how tightly packed those divisions are and because of the fact of the schedule change and how it opened up to the, um, to, you know, you're playing teams from both leagues. I think this is going to be the most competitive season of baseball, period. Across the board. But I still feel like there's such, like, the American League, and this is just, this is the All-Star game, so take it for what it is. But the American League has owned the All-Star game for the past, I don't even know how many years, whenever the last NL win in the All-Star game was. I feel like there's been such a huge talent swing in the AL that they still, I feel like, will have the better teams, but there's so much more potential now in the National League because of the money spent by the Mets, by the Padres, development grown. Um, you look at what the Brewers have been able to develop. You look at the Cardinals the bringing Phillies in. Phillies spent a boatload of money, right? Phillies spent a boatload of, my, <laughs> boatload of money, too. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty hurt right now. Do just you want to say a little did. eulogy for your man? Uh, <laughs> Trey Turner. They honestly just signed him to a 11-year, $300 million contract. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, he deserves it though for he what does. he's been doing at shortstop. And I am so hurt that he that we had. To I see think him go. I think the interesting thing was we we talked about the Mets and the Padres. The Phillies kind of have come out and said, "All right, well, we have Bryce Harper, and we also have a bunch of bats, and now we're going to add another bat in um, Trey Turner and sign him to a big deal too." So the Phillies have spent a lot of money, but I think like. The Cubs made a bunch of free agency swings. Um, it pains me to say this, and I genuinely don't like that he's in division, but Dansby Swanson is such a Brewers killer, and now he's in the division. division. Like, literally, 2021 NLDS. The good you news look is you up, play your division less this year. Yeah, but we still have to see Swanson <laughs> like 12 times a year. But you look up. Um, the 2021 NLDS, and I mean, Swanson was flying all over the field, just robbing hits and making plays and stuff like that for the Braves, who went on to win the World Series. But now he's in Chicago, which the story is actually kind of cool because his grandfather, um, you know, was watching Swanson, was big A's fan, but also loved watching the Cubs. And Swanson was like, well, I've won a World Series with the Braves. Now I got to go win one with the Cubs. So it's actually a really cool story. But I hate it just because of the fact that he plays so well against the Brewers. So I think the Central for sure is going to be very interesting to watch because I think the Cubs can sneak up there. People have been picking the Cardinals. I've even seen the Brewers thrown in there. But Cardinals look good. I think the Cubs will be a dark horse. Um, Mets and Braves in the East are going to be really interesting to watch, as will the Phillies. Um, I think the question for the Mets will be, Back-end bullpen, Edwin Diaz got hurt in the World Baseball Classic celebrating a win. You know, you hate to see it. Okay, let's talk about the Mets for a little bit, right? Yeah. So, for like the past, I would say, five years, we have had high hopes for the Mets, right? We be, we keep saying that the Mets are going to do this, the Mets are going to do that, right? And, and then, then they don't. And then they don't, right? <laughs> and then they don't. So, so, that's the big question, right? Obviously, we're going into this year. They just signed... Uh, Justin Verlander to an $87 million two-year contract deal. Yeah, what, but now what? he's on the aisle. They are spending, and you know what? He'll get healthy. Like, That's he'll true. Be it, is, it, it is a very, it's they a very also minor. Have the highest pay, they have the highest injury reserve 
payroll. They they're spending seventy three million for their injured reserve. Their twenty six man payroll, two hundred twenty eight point eight seven mil, and that is twenty million more than the next highest team in baseball, which is the Yankees. They're they're spending money this year. I'm not saying they haven't before. They're a New York based team. I don't. It, it, you'd be fired if you don't spend money in New York, but they're spending a ton of money this year. Um, I they, they want they want to be uh, better than New York. They, they want to be better than the Yankees. They they want to stop being the second fiddle in town, and to do that, it's hard being little money. brother. I think and so. and the crazy thing is too, like they they've assembled a really good lineup. It's just been, and it's crazy to say this, but it's been problems with pitching. And we'll find out about Stephon's being a little brother in the uh, next origin story. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> It's it's been pitching for them, and at first it was you know the back end. Edwin Diaz was getting a lot of criticism, and then he started kind of taking to that closer role and started playing really well. And then it was like the starters were just kind of struggling, but they had Jacob Degrom and um, you know Max Scherzer, but they weren't healthy all the time. So like it's been it's been just little things like injuries and inconsistency that have kind of really hampered them. And then they make it to the wild card game, and you know they're hosting the three game series, and then get knocked out by the Padres. And so I think it's going to be really interesting. Like, this has to be the year with the amount of money they showed out. Padres are a wild card team yeah, this year. They, they, I that, mean, it's going to be dangerous. Whoever yeah. whoever gets them. Well, and it was dangerous last year. Well, okay, so bef- before we di- dive in, before mm-hmm. we dive into more on this, like, just a rundown of these payrolls really quick. We talked about 228.8 mil for the, the Mets, 208.5 million for the Yankees, 176.8 for the Padres, 181.6 for the Phillies. Dodgers, 167.7, um, which I don't know why they're above the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, who spent 179. Well, they, they just signed uh, Mookie Betts, like, last year to a huge contract, like 10 mil. No, hey, 10 Angels are on 193.5 mil, too. So they're there. The The Texas uh, Rangers are at 100, almost 180 mil. Uh, the Braves are 164, Houston 121, Fort, like San Francisco Giants 151. Like, they're, I'm not going to lie, like, of all these teams' payrolls, the, the Twins are spending, in my opinion, like the most I think they've ever spent. They're spending $129.7 million, and that's number 17 in baseball. I feel like they're normally at the bottom, but, I mean, what are the Oakland A's doing? $33.7 million? It's something like How that. It's compete? something no, that's really low. Like, what, like that's what how it are is. You, how are you, but the Baltimore Orioles, thirty-eight million is how much they're spending, and they just beat the uh, the Red Sox. Yeah, and the but the Orioles though they're they have a bunch of like rookie contracts that they're working with as well that like they just haven't hit the point of all right we're gonna resign them which there's all this so logistics so stuff. Yeah, they're saving so much money and they're also gonna probably do that because there's this thing called arbitration and contract talk and money and blah blah blah. Um, but, like, you talk about payrolls, you look at even 2000, there wasn't a team over $100 million in the 2000 season. Like, the highest teams were, like, the Yankees. Um, I think the Mets were up there, and then I think, too, like, the Arizona Diamondbacks were the up Red there. Red Sox were probably up there. Red too. Sox right were there. probably up there, too. So, like, um, they, you know, you look at that now, um, and then you say, all right, well, the Mets just shelled out $330 million and, uh, you know, Trey Turner getting a $330 million, Like, Times have changed, and there is a ton of money in baseball, and I think it's going to keep getting bigger. But at the same time, you're sitting there like, is money actually going to 
pay to help teams win or is it going to be the homegrown talent that you see with like the Orioles you've seen with now the Rays the Brewers have a bunch of young guys that are coming up um the Pirates uh won their game today they could also be on a turnaround I mean, honestly, like to see the difference. So the Yankee, the Yankees, and the Mets are almost spending two hundred million more than the Orioles. That's going to be what we. I mean, what we find out there, at by at the end of the season, whatever we find out between the Orioles and the Yankees, right, or the Orioles and the Mets, that's going to be a huge tell. Like going forward, what you need to do as a team, because the Mets are making big moves. There's a lot of teams making big moves to spend tons of money. Some teams are just kind of sitting idle, like you said, playing with like in-house money, playing with their homegrown talent, young players. Um, it, it's going to be interesting because you got the Rays, you got Pitt, um, you got Cleveland, all spending almost 150 million less than the Yankees and Mets, um, and all those teams are like capable of doing it. The, the Seattle Mariners are spending almost 100 million, almost less than the Mets and the Yankees. So. There's plenty of good teams that aren't spending money too, but the question's going to really be like, are they going to be there in October? Well, and here's my question: What was the Astros at? The reigning world champs. The Astros are 121.1 mil. 121.1 mil. But they lost Verlander's contract. And they lost, yeah. So the let's say they were at almost 200. Right? Almost right. 200. Well, what was his, what was his con- like? It, it was like 80, so it was probably like it would be like. I mean, they would have been. He would have. Let's say. Like, let's say it was like 40 million. Like so let's put him at like 160. Right. Still, like the Yankees were over two hundred million last year. I think the Mets were as well. Like a team who spent, you know, forty, fifty million less, give or take, depending upon where the payrolls were at last year. Um, a team that was spending less still put together a really solid roster with a lot of farm grown talent, with a lot of, you know, maybe guys on vet min contracts or, you know, cheaper contracts and stuff like that, they were still able to put together a World Series winning team. And I think there's right. something to be said with, you know, you want to bring in the best talent, but you also got to be able to draft it and develop it and then be able to put it in situations to succeed. And the players have to buy in and things like that. So I think there's a lot of moving parts, and that's where you pay your baseball operations staff and GMs and stuff like that. But um, division winners? Yeah, I think... Um do you want me to go first this time? Here? Yeah. Um, so I've got, uh, for for my division winners, I'm, I'm taking the the Mets in the NL East. Um, I, I just think they finally spent enough money. Um, I've got the Cardinals in the Central and in the West. I, I, I like the uh, Padres this year. I do like in the wild card. I like the Dodgers. Um, and I like the uh, uh, the Phillies. And I like the Braves. So I think that NL East, again, is – I think it's just too tough. I, I think there's going to be some teams that are close in the NL Central, and um, I think, you know, that there's there's going to be a lot of clutter going on in the NL, I believe, this year, more at the top than at the bottom. But um, that's that's what I got for my, my group. All right. Um, for the NL East, I'm going to have the Phillies come out. Um, obviously, Bryce Harbor – and they have, uh, they just signed, you know, uh, Trey Turner. So I'm pretty excited to see what they do. Um, I have them going out. They lost tonight. I, I saw, <laughs> hey, it's still a long season. It's a long season. Where is the pitching see, in Philly? Nah, do, we know, see, do we even know that? Steph, I'm sorry. I brought this on you. I mentioned one thing about the Red Sox, and it's just going to go downhill from there. <laughs> Look, okay. So every team making the playoffs and doing well this year lost, which means the Twins are out. 
Uh, <laughs> 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 all right, continuing. Um, NL Central. Um, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. See what they do this year. Um, and then NL West, I am going to go with the Dodgers. Um, I don't know how good they're going to do this year. The only reason I say the Dodgers is because, obviously, the Padres are still waiting on Tatis Jr. to come back. That's 30 games. I don't know how well that 30 games is going to play into, you know, the, the end of the season, the long run, right? Um, to see who's going to be at the, you know, the, the front runner, front runner of the, the division. Um, but I do have the Padres in my wild card. Um, obviously, no matter who they play, they will have a chance to win. Um, and then I'm going to have the, the, the Mets. Um, and then it's probably going to be the Cubs. All right. I Did you say you like the Cubs too, Jacob? I do like the Cubs, and the reason why is they made they made a bunch of really good signings. They took a flyer on Cody Bellinger, which if he performs even remotely to what he did for his MVP year, you know, even if he up, like if he ups his um, batting average and hits twenty five home runs, and I know that's that was your boy, and I know that's another one. That's another that one that hurts <laughs> for Steph. And you know what um, sucks is that. The Dodgers, you know, they get these players and they develop these players and they become really good. They become MVPs. They do all this and all that, right? But the thing is trying to retain them, right? Obviously, we can't pay them all the money that they they deserve just because Why of, can't you just spend as it's, much it's money the, as the It's the Dodgers. Yeah. I don't it's buy that LA, at all. LA no, doesn't I, I, do. <laughs> I can't buy they, that. They I'm sorry. They probably don't have, like, a cap. New York money. <laughs> Look, they probably don't have a cap. It's the Dodgers. Um, but obviously, they're not willing to pay that much money for these athletes. Um, obviously, they just signed you know Mookie Betts as I said earlier to a huge deal um, and then they have to sign you know multiple players to those huge deals like they even brought back Kershaw on a one-year 20 mil dollar you know 20 mil deal sell um, him before October look relax. I don't think he can relax I don't Kershaw. think he can Kershaw is a Dodger for life, oh, for sure. and for life. just like I will struggle I will and would have struggled to see Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers in a different uniform. It's just like Gary Anderson. If, He's a Viking for life. Exactly. Um, but no, I think I don't think they would move on from Kershaw. I don't think they'd have a reason to unless literally he has like an ERA of like one billion and it's just like, all right, yeah, he's you still, gotta he still has really good games. He's it just he, sucks that he's injured all the time. Him he, and Wainwright are two pitchers that seem like they pitch forever. Like and they've been around for a, a while. You know who too, I'm so excited like though for the Dodgers to come back is uh Walker Bueller. Yes. I am so excited for him to come yes. back just because Mr. Game like, time. He, he, he is so clutch. Um, honestly, like, obviously him being out this past season was pretty tough on me. Obviously, it showed in the playoffs, right? Like, they, he was one person that they needed. They had the mm -hmm. best record going into the yep. playoffs in the, in the whole MLB. Um, and then they go out there and they just kind of just wet the bed. Yeah. Right? Bueller's year off. That's yeah, Bueller's, <laughs> Bueller's year off. It's the sequel. Um, um, so besides picking the Cubs because they beat your, your team down tonight 4-0, who else you got? So I'm not actually going to pick the Cubs. You're not going to pick the Cubs? I'll get to that in a second. Wow. Um, we're going to have a different team in the NL East, though. We all pick a different team. I'm taking the Braves in the NL East. I think they're still the most complete team, and I think it's their division to lose. Um, I I but I Braves. also, I picked the Braves. I just picked more teams out of that division. I, I thought you Mets. picked the Mets, didn't you? I picked the Mets, the Braves. See, I'm taking them as a division and the winner. Phillies. Oh, okay. As so a, division you're, you're doing a division winner. Yes. Okay. I thought you were taking So I'm taking, I'm taking the Braves as a division winner. Okay. They are two years removed, right? Yes. 
Um, I am taking the Cardinals in the Central, and I'm taking them um, like purely because I think they have because the best they lost team. Tonight. It's because they, they lost, they lost tonight. tonight. That's, that's yep, why. there is that too. Um, I do think the Brewers and the Cubs will be in contention, but I think it's going to be more so the Cubs if the Cubs can figure out their bullpen. That is going to be the biggest question mark around the Cubs. I think their lineup is going to do fine. They have so many bats that people will be like, wait, oh, yeah, they have that guy on that team. Um, that I think they'll have a pretty decent lineup when it's all said and done. And, again, with the small ball, I think they'll be a good lineup. But I think the question mark is around the Cubs' bullpen. And that's why I think I'm going to take the Cardinals over the Cubs. Um, for the West, I got to take the Padres. Um, dethroning the Dodgers. I, Steph, what do you feel about I think that? it's we, about we've time. Both, we've both said the Padres, and you've said the Dodgers. I, hey, do, you, do you feel like you're hey. holding on to something that's just getting away? Look, I totally understand. <laughs> I, I totally understand. You know, like, if I was just a regular baseball head, I, w- I would just say the Padres as well. Just um, so you know, everybody, we are not just regular baseball heads. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, I honestly, I think the Dodgers can still pull it off. It's going to be a tough one. Um, but they still have some of the best players in the league, which I am, you know, in full faith of. Um, obviously, the Padres, like, they're going to be so good. So they do have a chance to be division winners. Um, and if they do, obviously, congratulate you know, <laughs> Congrats Shake their hand <laughs> and then try again next year. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, nobody's talking about the Rockies right now, and they're in a duel right now. They are the one Padres, to one. So. It's one to one. Um, <laughs> I think I take Dodgers in the wild card, uh, and then it's hard to argue against the Mets and Phillies. But I think the Cubs do sneak in the wild card, and then I would take the Mets over the Phillies. Wow! So you're leaving the Phillies out. I'm leaving the Phillies out. Oh. Wow! I how, think how would that I go genuinely if the Dodgers make it, and Turner doesn't. Would you buy? Would you buy a Turner Phillies jersey just to feel like? I think you should buy a Turner Phillies jersey just because the Phillies red pinstripes, like it just yeah. looks good. Yeah. Okay, I, I think it's a you thing. Yeah, I <laughs> definitely love pinstripes. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I think teams that'll be in contention: Phillies, Braves, Mets, uh, Padres, jo- Dodgers. I question marks around the Giants. I don't know. I think from the Central, you'll have the Cardinals and the Cubs. Uh, Brewers, anybody's guess. I I really don't know. I think it's tough because we have a lot of young talent coming up, but at the same time, it's like we want to be competitive. But You want to be competitive? I want to be competitive, yes. Uh, The Brewers want to be competitive and, you know, make it back to the postseason. But at the same time, I just – there's a lot of question marks with – ownership and how the team is constructed and different things but we have a lot of young talent and a lot of fun talent so i don't know we'll see we need to see if well when the red sox come to town we need to see if the brewers are going to come to town for national league and we need to see if the dodgers are going to come to town because we might need to do some podcasts like stadium or something (laughs) that would be fun um side note uh just as i was talking up the cardinals um their big contract signing in wilson can Contreras exited the game today and will undergo an MRI on right knee after he um, took a 103 mile an hour fastball off his knee. Ooh, that is not sound I'm gonna change my pick to the Cubs out of that. <laughs> <laughs> but that is for game St. one, Louis especially. Is there. You know what? Like, and and that's the thing too is they have more behind Contreras. But at the same time, I mean, they spent quite a bit of money on him. I don't remember what his contract was for sure, but um, 
He went two for four with two runs before leaving the game. All right. We got to cut it close with the baseball subject, so we still have to talk about March Madness. That is true. Yeah. Dude, we have, I mean, we've I, spent well, a good... I thought we're just here all night. I we've, spent a good, we've spent we're, a good hour on... Get somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah We bad. spent a good <laughs> hour on baseball. About? I think we're good. <laughs> None of you are going to be late tomorrow morning, by the way. So No, definitely not. Yeah. Um, 6.30, right? Okay, so... We got we got to talk we got to we got to hit up the the uh, women's bracket here women's bracket first um, to talk about that um, you know obviously this year I think a big change for the women's tournament was that like games and everything were basically in line with the men's um, I actually thought that was pretty neat this year I think in the past it's been like women's are like done a week before or a week after and everything's been pretty spot on I actually think the the women's games as well like this weekend. Um, they're taking place in Texas, just like the men's games. Yeah, they're up in Dallas. So I think that's kind of neat too. I mean, you could literally hop on the highway and go from one Final Four to another. And that I don't even—I don't think that's ever. And they're 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 on alternating days too. I'm pretty sure, because I think yeah, the men's are. is the first and the third, isn't it? And yeah, the women's are the thirty-first and the second. Yep. So. Um, now I I will say you know I, I told you that you know we are not regular uh, minds when it comes to baseball but we probably are pretty regular when it comes to women's college basketball here um, so I'm not gonna lie I don't know a lot but what I will say is I think there are a lot more upsets at least from what um, like I was hearing I think like what Connecticut lost like early or something Stanford lost and honestly like in in women's basketball like that's great for the game because I don't think that's something in the past like decade. You've seen a lot of well, you yeah, would, but they also don't have Paige Beckers either. Yeah, and out. I think if you were if you were to fill out a bracket, you would probably look at it and be like, "All right, well, the one seeds are going all the way to the final four. and this yeah. year there's two one seeds. There's versus, a three, a two, two one seeds. But even yeah. like if you look at like the Elite Eight, there was a nine seed in Miami, um, who was you know making it hot. Obviously, in the men's bracket, Miami did well too, but Miami was playing to get into the final four for the women and. Um, you know, to get there, they beat number four Villanova. They beat um, number one Indiana. So I think these upsets that happened this year, you know, in the men's bracket, you're always like, okay, where's 12 over your five? What's your, you know, how many are going to win from six 11s? Like this was, I think, a little bit new territory for women's basketball this year. And I, I loved that about it. And I think a staple in Stanford losing in the second round was big too. And I will say, I love Ole Miss's coach. It's, Yolette McCoon or something like that. She she has a huge presence on social media and like she's just so like cool to follow because she keeps it very like real. She talks about like literally anything that pops in her head. I think like being as a coach and something like that and talking about what she feels like student athletes should think about and stuff like that and is like, hey, you know, this is what I want to build with my program. She's very real on social media and whatnot. Um, and I think it's just really cool. Like if you haven't, um, heard of her or haven't heard her story, I would definitely recommend going and checking out. Like it's such a cool story for how she got to Ole Miss and stuff like that. But I think for that program specifically, um, I think it again so people can, you'll let McCoon, you'll let McCoon. Um, for Uh, the, for her program specifically, like it was huge for them to beat Gonzaga, make it to the second round and then beat Stanford. Um, who was a powerhouse for the past, they've I don't even a, know how long. Neil, for a long time in women's basketball. To be able to make they're it a, there. and blue blood, blood of yeah. women's basketball for sure. Um, 
you know, Caitlin Clark for Iowa is obviously a story. I mean, she's a baller. Only, right. only player in, you know, men's or women's NCAA history to get a 40-point triple dub. She's a stud. And, and just, I mean, turning a game on and watching her, I mean, that's honestly what draws me to sports is watching somebody incredible at what they do. And so what Caitlin Clark does, I mean, she turns the channel to women's college basketball, I think, in a lot of houses that maybe haven't had it on in their house before. Wasn't there, there was something, I think, um, it was the Iowa-Louisville game drew more than what NBA on ESPN had been drawing for viewership. Like, they got, like, 2.5 million viewers it, at it, one it, point. And I, I was watching the game myself, yeah. and you can see the chit, you know, the, the, the smack talk that was mm-hmm. going on between each team. Obviously, Iowa was dominating most of the game. Um, but, like, obviously, if you go to Louisville, um, they have great players as well. Um, trying to forget, I'm trying to remember her name. Uh, it was, like, HVT or something like that. Let me look it up. Um, H- Haley uh, Van Leith. Yeah, that's what it yep. is. Haley Van Leith. HVL. Uh, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah, HVL. So, so, so she she's obviously a great um, player. She's she's awesome. Honestly, she's probably one of the top players in the in the country. Well, and didn't she have ties to Kobe Bryant too? She did have ties yeah. to Kobe Bryant. Um, Kobe, Kobe Bryant used to actually go visit her when he, when she was in high school um, and stuff like that. And and that's where she gets a lot of her mentality from. If you actually like look at interviews and stuff with her, she'll talk about like you know, what her mindset is and stuff like that and, like, how everything just, like, how the game against Iowa doesn't determine who she is as a person, mm-hmm. right? Um, she's still going to go after there, you know, the next day and get after it in practice again, right? Even though the season's over, she's just going to go back and, you know, go back to the lab and get to work, um, which is pretty sweet. Um, but, like, going on to women's basketball, right, if we talk about the Final Four, so we got Iowa versus South Carolina. Dude, I, I think that's that's kind of like – and I'm jumping ahead, but that's kind of like Miami UConn. Like it, that's the game that I think the winner comes out of that. Those teams, first of all, South Carolina is basically a women's basketball blue blood. They've been around for a while. This isn't their first rodeo. Don Staley they, just they, won they, Coach of the Year as well. In, yeah, defending at, but, champions. Yeah, they're, but they're but they're ama- They've been amazing for years. They've got exper- They've they've done this before, as I've said. Like, but Cl- Caitlin Clark, you got maybe. You know, one of the best women's basketball players in the last 10... I, I'm just saying, like, when you talk about, like, best of all time, like, she's incredible on the floor against one, one of the best, like, programs in just, women. Just to put it in perspective, this season, she's averaging... Which is good for third in the nation. Um, she's averaging 7.3 rebounds a game. Like, that's a lot of rebounds. As especially a guard. for a guard, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and then she's averaging 8.6 assists. That is first in the NCAA. And that tells you right there that it's not just her. Like, Iowa is a team... And Kayla I watched Clark is uh, an engine, but that is a team. I watched part of the Iowa Colorado game in the Sweet 16, and Iowa got off to a hot start. And it wasn't Clark doing all the scoring, even really the passing. Like that Iowa team can play really well and really good team basketball, they and they can shoot really well as well. So I think that's going to be interesting for sure. Watching I, that I am game, I'm going to take Iowa in that game. I'm going to take Iowa in that game because I like saying that you're. You're playing like the best player on the court's gonna win, and and to me, Caitlin Clark, this is her year to cut down the nets. I think Iowa wins against South Carolina. I do like LSU against Virginia Tech, and then I like Iowa over LSU. I'm just I'm rooting for uh, best of three between South Carolina and Iowa, as well as LSU and Virginia Tech. That way, we can just watch multiple of those games. Um, but seeing as how these games are tomorrow on the day that we're recording this, um, I honestly, I think 
I think Iowa pulls it out against South Carolina, but I think it's going to go to like, it's, it's going to be a very, like, I don't think it's going to be very high scoring. Both these teams are coming off of 80 and 90 point games pick of Iowa, by the way, because I I just want Clark to get this. I think, I think Iowa can to win a championship (laughs) and him coming across the finish line and and winning the 1600 indoor. Hey, I will love Iowa to win. You know, but and, I would yeah. say the more complete team is uh, South Carolina. Um, but you know, LSU, Virginia Tech, uh, Virginia Tech. I have LSU. I'm taking LSU as well, um, and I think South Carolina will win and we'll get a rematch of the SEC championship, championship game. game. Yeah, you, you know, and, and that's what LSU wants. And LSU got snubbed. Um, they have you know probably one of the best records in NCAA, and they were ranked like third. Um, in the tournament coming in in their bracket, right? Yeah, I, I feel like they deserve a one seed. I feel like they, they were good enough to be there. Obviously, they're in the same conference as uh, South Carolina. Um, so it's kind of hard to compete with them, right? Because that is a team that did go undefeated. They, you know, the only time that LSU lost was against South Carolina. Um, that was in the regular season. And then obviously the conference championship game. Um, so I do feel like there's a lot of uh, like a grudge that is being held right now by LSU. Um, especially with Angel with Angel Reese, right? Yeah. Like she's averaging twenty three points a game, fifteen point seven rebounds a game, right? Well, and she had twenty five and twenty four in um, their tournament game against Michigan. So, so I, I you had which I <laughs> it just so happened that that was the stat that popped up. Hey, it's okay. Michigan women's basketball makes the tournament. It you know. It, <laughs> The men's team didn't, though, so it is what yeah, it is. Wisconsin didn't even <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about the Gophers. No. <laughs> Again, we got to get Brandon on here. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I I think you could make arguments for any of the teams. I, th- I think specifically for South Carolina. Keep in mind, they haven't lost this year. Yeah, undefeated. So, I think you could. Have they played Iowa? No, yeah, they but they've know. played LSU. But they have, yes, they have played twice. Twice. So Sorry, I think be a little banged up and tired. And I we'll mean, see. it's for a all national day, championship, though. You're gonna fight through LSU that. LSU is either playing South Carolina or Iowa. Whoever you know, whoever yeah, has the what ball. What if Virginia the Tech takes this? We're never picking women's. No, game. we <laughs> can never. <laughs> Virginia Tech, we are really Virginia. sorry. <laughs> Already, Jake and I'm also sorry. I said like you won like a 1600. It was a 3K. Yeah, it's fine. I kind of we just kind of we just let it go. Yeah, we moved past it. I can't move. You brought it back. I I did bring it back. I I just wanted to fix that. We don't have the end of the podcast fixings. (laughs) Let's move on to the men's final four. So we got Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, Miami, and you. I have I have one thing to say. What script writers were writing this final four? Yeah. Because we went from a Kentucky, uh, what was it, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, Villanova. Is that what it was last year? Like literally the Blue Bloods Man. to whatever this is. I mean, and I don't mean that in a negative context. I just mean it was so wide open in, this year. In, in my eyes, and, and I don't know what you guys think about this, uh, UConn is a Blue Blood. Yes. They haven't been in that conversation, I think, every year. Well, they're the only team there that has actually been to a Final Four. But they've won four. They've won the same amount as KU. Mm-hmm. I know. That's all I'm saying is that are you saying they deserve to be in that blue blood? I just think they need to be. I just think they're a blue blood. They, they've won four already. And if you look at when 
in their recency of winning, like their four, they've won four more recent than KU's collective four. And I, I, I just think you, and, and I'm a KU guy, I love KU, but UConn in general, um, they're a basketball school. They've, oh, they they've are. 100%. A basketball school, 100%. But you look through the years, you look, right, you're looking at Kentucky as a blue blood, North Carolina as a blue blood, Duke as a blue blood, KU as a blue blood. We got the Kentucky, you know, we look at them as one and done. And and that's the thing too is I think we're seeing more of an uptick, especially with the COVID waiver and stuff like that, of people staying yeah, longer. Yeah, and and longer. I think that's part of the reason why we probably got to where we're at is teams stayed around longer. So now we're seeing teams like SDSU, and San Diego Atlantic. State. I can't say SDSU in the Midwest and not be talking about it's South hard, Dakota it's hard State. To but not to think about the Jackrabbits. Yeah, but you know we look at a team like San Diego State, FAU. Um, Miami, like teams that probably would have guys sticking around for sophomore, junior, senior years, and now they're to the point where, hey, we now know the game of college basketball. I will say San Diego State and Florida Atlantic are so different. San Diego State is a team that you can't find a guy on that team that is, like, under 21. That is an old team. Yeah, they, are. Um, they might have, like, one guy that's a junior or younger. That is an old, old team. Um, they're experienced as heck. Um, I will say the only team I thought that could beat Alabama in this whole bracket was San Diego State. So I got one game right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I will say that San Diego State like can play defense against anybody. Um, Fl- Florida Atlantic is the opposite of San Diego State in the sense that they can shoot against anybody. We've seen that. But also, also they're an extremely young team. Their stars are sophomores. So this is a team that is built for the future. They're also, I listen to college uh, sports talk all the time on XM and coach K was on and he talked about how FAU, if they're in the ACC, they would have won. He thought they would have, they would have won the ACC this year. They're that good. Well, and look at, I mean, the highest ranked ACC team, correct me if I'm wrong, were Miami and Duke at five, right? Miami won the ACC um, regular Regular season. season. Duke won the tournament. Yeah. You said who said that? Coach K. Oh, Coach K said that FAU would have won the ACC. A- ACC or SEC? ACC. ACC. They would if they were in the ACC, oh, like K. Coach K. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So um, he crazy. he still does radio talk. He still watches basketball. Of he course. Knows, he knows. What he's I don't think about. he ever stopped. But I will say, like, I mean, Florida Atlantic, they can shoot against anybody. I think right now they're probably the uh, what, the the Cinderella story. They're the you know, hundred percent. They, they knocked out everybody's favorite Cinderella story. FDU. And then um, they've kind of taken on that mantle themselves. And, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of action going on in South Florida right now. Um, and I, I think it's. It, 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 you know, what's kind of crazy is that you have the dark horses playing each other right now. Yeah, yeah right? you do. You, yeah. You have FAU and then you have San Diego State. One of them is going to be in the national championship. One, one of them will be. One of them will be in the national but championship. It, it's just crazy to think about because, like, if you look at the bracket, you would think, like, oh, if it was, if it was a perfect bracket, you know, you would have Miami playing Florida Atlantic or, you you know, in UConn mm. playing San Diego State or something yeah. like that. You'd reseed them a little but, bit. But, no, you don't. You, yeah. you, have, you have the hitters, the big hitters playing, you know, each other, and then you have Florida Atlantic. Um, and then you have San Diego State playing each other, right? Not saying that these are not great teams. Obviously, they are great because they made it to the Final Four, right? They beat a whole bunch of teams to get there. Um, and, but it's just crazy just looking at that, that one of these teams, have they both have an opportunity to be there, right? And, and then for Miami, right, never making it to – this is their first time making it to the Final Four, 
they also have a chance, you know, to make and get to a national championship game. This can be a national championship game that has two teams in it that has never been there before. Yeah. I, and seeding, this, this bracket should show everybody how important seeding is because it's kind of crazy. Like FAU is a nine, but, you know, like I said, like Coach K talked about how they could have won the ACC. They're not a nine. And Memphis was not an eight. So, like, you're looking at stuff on here, right? And and Florida Atlantic goes in as a nine. They play Memphis as an eight. Florida Atlantic was, what, 31-3 and three in their regular season. They had great wins. They the, Some of the games they lost, I think, were, like, super close and, and tight against, like, solid teams. But as far as just being able to know that, like, this team is a very, very good team and to give them a nine is kind of like, you know, you know, now you're looking at it and you're like, oh, geez, like, they're a nine. Um San Diego State, you know, again, like coming into the tournament, like, you know, were they a five? Like they're clear cut above, I think, a lot of the other teams when it comes to, you know, what the Mountain West has to offer. They're also moving to the pack, you know, 12 next year for basketball. So that's going to be new for them. Um, that's big for the Pac-12 too. Huge. I mean, like we all know that Pac-12 is going through changes. And a lot of conference realignment, all that stuff. But San Diego State, man, it, it's hard to not ride a team that that I thought would be Bama. So I, I, I'm I'm gonna pick San Diego State in that to go to the final. Doesn't mean my heart's there. Like I I love what Florida Atlantic brings. I love their coach. Um, but at the end of the day, like I, I think San Diego State's gonna get down that side. I mean, it's gonna be a low scoring game. I, it's going to be if very is, defensive. If it is a low-scoring game, I will, I will say I think San Diego State will win that. I think it. If it's I a think high-scoring game, they can't they can't stick with Florida Atlantic. If it's run and gun, yeah, I think Florida Atlantic's going to run them. Not necessarily run them out of the gym, they're but they're going to they're going to try to shoot them out. The they're going to yeah. They could win by double digits um, if they're shooting lights out. If it's defensive, I think it favors San Diego State. San Diego State hasn't scored more than seventy-five points whole tournament. I mean, that's a four-game sample size, but um, they've been able to win it on defense. I think looking at that game like it is going to be either FAU is hitting their shots or SDSU is getting a bunch of rebounds um yeah it's gonna be so, who kind of, who kind of uh, makes their presence known yes early on is it going to be physical is it going to be just run and gun I do think though that San Diego State's able to win that one who are you taking Steph man that's tough um I'm gonna have to say San Diego State as well um wow Sorry, all you Florida Atlantic fans. Sorry. We, we do love I want to. I will you, say though, we want to see your fans. Hey, this if, they, if Florida Atlantic goes to the championship, I would love to see them win. I I am cheering for FAU, but I think SDSU wins. That's fair enough. Um, that's fair enough. I think before we move to the other side of the bracket, though, quick. I mean, no, we never addressed this, but Purdue lost. I mean, in the first round to a 16 yeah. seed, probably should just yeah. at least throw that out um, there. I'm hurt because I happened in the final four. Yeah, I had Purdue losing to Memphis in the second round. I I did not have Purdue. Well, okay, I had him going to the Sweet Sixteen, but I also was definitely struggling because I was not. The, the but Big Purdue Ten always again does this. Not have been a one seed the, again. They do. They do. The they do. Big Ten always does this, where unless we get eight, nine, ten. Unless you're Michigan, fine, whatever. Michigan State. Um, Didn't Purdue lose to Rutgers this year? Yeah, there's that so too. How are they a one seed? I'm just asking. They always do that, though, where it's like we get, as a conference, the Big Ten gets eight, nine, ten teams in. By the Sweet 16, there's maybe one left. It sucks because the Big Ten just beats on each other all season long. Yeah. You know, during conference play. And I don't think it's necessarily bad teams. I think it's just it's such a grindy conference that literally we saw Penn State, who was a 
13 seed, 10 seed, something like I that. Like they were, seed, yeah. they were a high seed. They made it all the way to the Big Ten tournament championship. Yeah. And played their way into the tournament. They did. And Insane. I think a couple things like we all found out is, I mean, Izzo is Mr. March. So if there is somebody that's going to carry the Big Ten flag, it's going to be Izzo. Yeah. And he did it again, I think, in a, in a pretty good fashion. Obviously, uh, you know, Shaka Smart, a great coach in Marquette. Um, but he hasn't made a Sweet 16 run since, like, his VCU days. VCU days, and that's that's a long time ago. I'm not saying he can't get it done, and he's not a good coach. He's a fantastic he, coach. He had the team to do it this but, year. He just ran into Izzo. That's been, like, a that's kind of been a storyline. I'm not saying it's something that's going to stick or anything, but, like, you know, he's he's getting the team there. He's doing what it takes, and, and then he's kind of missing out on it. Again, against Izzo, like, I think that's kind of a pass. You, you, can, you can have a bad game against Izzo. Yeah. Um, but again, Michigan state kind of carrying that torch for the big 10, you know, this year, I think Indiana was supposed to kind of be some, somewhat of that too. And that's on the other side of the bracket. Um, they were supposed to be, I think they were like outside of Purdue, the best seeded team, weren't they in the big 10? Yeah, they were the best seeded team, which was interesting because then you got a team like Northwestern who is a seven seed, but finished second in the big 10. And they got crushed by Miami. I mean, Indiana lost by 16. Yeah. And meanwhile, Northwestern only lost by five to UCLA. Penn State, like, uh, I think, I mean, they beat a team they weren't supposed to. In they Texas they beat A&M Texas A&M and, A&M and almost, they were in the game right to the end against Texas. But they did. I mean, they they had, uh, Penn State has a, um, a John Wooden Award um, nominee. Or uh, not nominee, but well, they have now like a final finalist. Oh, gotcha. Um, list, but yeah, he was like an original like first round finalist. Um, Jalen Pickett, uh, senior guard from Penn State, like he he made the, I think it's twenty five. Yeah, make that list. Um, so he you know obviously a great player. Um, but yeah, no Big Ten I, again. I think the bit Big Ten is still. I think for when it comes to college basketball, I do think that top top to bottom, it is like. It's a very tough conference, and there's a lot of good teams. I just think it's tough when you have as many teams as you do, and they're all out, you know, early. Well, I mean, what we're finding out is that you need to have length. You need to have guard play in the tournament, and I think the Big Ten, if you look across the board, they play with centers. They play low. Um, they play slow defensive basketball for the most part, um, but they play with two centers. You look at the teams right now that are in it, they don't have big centers like they don't, you know, yeah. big 10, they, they go and bring these guys in all the time. Um, but yeah, this final obviously working out the way it is. UConn, um, you know, shout out to Bill South. Love you, man. Hope you get healthy soon. Um, yeah. The, wh- want you to get healthy soon. What was the, the what was the story with, I saw he wasn't, um, and I laugh just because you have ties to KU, but like, what was the story with self again? I had seen something like he wasn't coaching, but I didn't actually see what it was. So he was in the hospital. He, um, you know, he's, he's not coming out with it. Like they're not saying like, Oh okay. yeah, it's a heart attack. But like, I mean, that's, that's kind of basically what it was. Okay. And so, um, you know, they, they're, he's in the hospital and taking care of his health. And, um, you know, I think in, the future he's going to be you know back and, and up and at him i mean my uncle who um you know lives down there has been going through some similar health stuff and and um and so just knowing that like it's something you can come back from as well 
Um, you know, I expect to see him on the sidelines. I think he expects to be on the sidelines again. He's just got to be smart about how fast it was coming back. And, mm. um, you know, honestly, like they didn't play bad. It's just, you know, you're going into it and you got a game plan. And I think there's probably a lot of things going on in these players' heads when they lose to Arkansas, who then goes on and gets walked by UConn. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, Arkansas, I don't think was an eight seed. No, I not mean, in but, that tournament. In in UConn, I think they just showed up. They they again are a team that has a great coach. Um, that they've got incredible athletes on their team. Well, and you look what they did. Like their whole tournament, they haven't won by less than fifteen. You know, their first round they win by twenty four. Then they play St. Mary's, win by fifteen. St. Mary's is a good team. Then you go and play Arkansas, who kind of was inconsistent throughout the year, but was a good team, win by 23. Then you go and play Gonzaga and win by almost 30. Like, they've just stomped anybody that they've played throughout the tournament, which is why I think it's going to be interesting. I think Miami and UConn could just be a shootout. Because Miami, too, they've scored, um, you know, they scored 63 against Drake, which that's, I mean, that's a 5-12. 5-12 is always dangerous in the tournament. But then they score 85 on Indiana. They score 89 on Houston. They score 88 on Texas. Like, they just got rolling once they got into the tournament. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch that. Um, By the way, um, quick shout-out now to the, the Wooden Award, like, final finalists that I think we should really be really be talking about is, like, possibilities. Yeah. Um, I mean, Isaiah Wong from Miami has been a stud um, throughout this whole tournament run for them. Um, so he's up, um, Oscar Shibway, he actually went, won the award, uh, last year, um, from Kentucky. He's, he's such a good, um, so player. he's on there. Drew Timmy, um, he's been an award, uh, for the wooden award all American in 2020, 2021 and 2021, 2022. I think we all saw what he was capable of doing against UCLA. And then, um, Let's go when on he, the tournament for him, man, that run. Yeah. So so he is, you know, he's the player that actually holds the most 20-point games in NCAA history. Drew is Timmy is, to me, the reason why I actually, and again, I, I know I'm all homer on this, but when it comes down to, like, like what the John Wooden Award is, like, you're, you're your team. How is Drew Timmy not, you know, his team when it comes to Gonzaga? I'm not saying that none of these guys are, are, aren't their team, but you look at when he goes off, right? They're able to have a miracle and have an opportunity to beat UCLA when he is in foul trouble and he is, you know, not fully in the game. Like they get spanked and this whole, this whole, people are like, okay, Gonzaga didn't, you know, still can't go over the hump. No, like this wasn't ever a team that was supposed to even make the elite eight this year. Um, and so then making it to the elite eight was huge. Drew Timmy did that. Um, this team was run through Drew Timmy this year. That's how it was designed to be run. So a lot of young players that got great experience making this run this year, and I think they're going to be more hungry next year with better players. But, yeah, Drew Timmy, in my eyes, is is one of the best, um, and I think for sure should get a shout-out. Jamie Hawkes uh, Jr. from UCLA. Oh, yeah. That guy is a yep. finalist too. I mean, his, his sister, I think, plays for UCLA does. as well, yeah. So I think, I mean, those are guys that to me are just were shout-outs, at least for that wooden award, and um, I think that comes out here next week for – yeah. For who wins it. Um, so, so who are you taking, UConn or Miami? Um, I want to go to UConn. I got to go UConn too, and it sucks because, again, being 
in my eyes a blue blood. Like the other three teams, like not none of them have won it. I want to see a new. I want to see a new team win a championship. But I think UConn is um, is playing the best right now. I think Miami has the best chance of beating them of the other three teams left. So if they get through that hurdle, I think it's going to be an absolute miracle run that um, you know either San Diego State or FAU is going to have to do. Not that they're not on a miracle run already. Um, so I got I got UConn winning against Miami, San Diego State winning against FAU. Yeah, I'm taking Miami. You're taking Miami. I'm taking Miami. I think for I think for what that team has had to endure, not only in the tournament but also just throughout the season and stuff like that. Um, I also think you just mentioned that they have a wooden award finalist and whatnot. Um, I think I think they can surprise people, and I feel like even though UConn has been the most consistent team throughout the tournament and the most dominant team, I also feel like Miami coming from one of the premier basketball conferences being the ACC, even though it's admittedly a down year for the ACC, I think they can still find a way to pull out a game like this and make it to a national championship. The only team in the Final Four with a John Wooden Award finalist is Miami. Exactly. So, like, actually, you know, like I just mentioned Caitlin Clark being why I'm picking Iowa. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna rescind my vote. Like, yeah, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take Miami because I do believe Isaiah Wong will be the best player on that court, and I and I think their coach, Coach L, Coach Larene, like he's incredible too. He's got his whole team playing around him, and I think they're they're ready for it. They they were last year, weren't they in the Elite Eight? And they lost. They so made like, it to the Elite they're a Eight. Team yeah. that's been close. Um, I I want them to beat. I want them to beat UConn. I, I I'm sorry, UConn fans. You've had four championships. You're a blue blood. I'm giving you. You're a blue blood. But I'm just saying. I I, I like. I, I'm I'm taking Miami because of uh because of Wong. Can can we just talk about how. He just did a full 180 after basically going to bat for UConn like not 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I think no matter what, I'm in a win-win situation because if now UConn wins, then I'm like, see, I told you. I should have done it. it you know what? That's fair. But I'm going to go with what I said originally with the whole Caitlin Clark thing. I'm going to say, yeah. you know, because of that, I, I want to live by that too. I, I, so Wong's the best player. I fair think. enough. I think he's going to carry him. Who do you got? I think he's I you, UConn. You, you still UConn? staying UConn? Okay. Staying UConn. So... <laughs> Who are, you, who are you picking as your national champion then? UConn. UConn. And yeah, who'd you yeah. ha- you had them over San, um, San Diego State? San Diego State, yeah. I'm taking my, Miami over San Diego State. And I, I'm going to take Miami over San Diego State because of Long as well. I actually think that... Sorry, San Diego State. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, FAU. Sorry, San Diego State. Sorry, UConn. <laughs> I'm going to put this out there. If San Diego State does make the final and it's against UConn, San Diego State will win. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just throw that out there. I think that one, that one would be fun to watch, just because UConn. I feel like if UConn wins, it's because they just they did what they've done to every other team that they've played in the tournament, and they just throttled Miami Dominated. and played really solid defense and hit shots. Dominated. And I think that would be really fun to watch. Probably the best defensive team in San Diego State playing the best all around team in UConn, at least left. Yeah, I think in the it'd tournament. be a, an absolute dogfight. Hasn't just beaten teams they've, they've dismantled dominated them. Yes. teams in this tournament that's the thing like they've won by like 15 plus points in like every game they played in the tournament dude yeah. it's gonna be fun that's all i know it's gonna For be a sure. ton of fun um Okay, so I mean, to wrap this up, we're gonna do last call. Is there? I mean, what do you guys have going on? For uh, is there is there anything that we haven't been able to touch on tonight that you're like, hey, I wanted 
shout out about this. I feel like we hit everything, to be honest. Um, I thought it was pretty cool watching opening day, like, videos and stuff like that. There was a lot. There was pretty high fan involvement. I know the Cincinnati Reds had a video of just fans packing the streets outside the ballpark and having, like, a full-on, like, street fest and stuff like that that I thought was pretty cool, so... Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, Scotland and the UEFA Euro qualifiers. They beat Spain 2-0. Ooh, that's actually and, rather uh, big. It's early still, obviously. I mean, the Euros aren't until next summer, so it's summer of 2024. But on qualification for it, Scotland beat Spain 2-0, and uh, I think that's, that's pretty sick. That's so a big all, result all, out of that. For all you football fans out there, international football fans, um, we're, we're coming your way. We're, ne- <laughs> we're, we're going to be excited to talk more about Premier League, too. Big Chelsea, go Blues. Chelsea, yeah. Steph, we'll get you a team. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's so gonna be a Blues guy too. He's okay. He's already go. Blues We're all just Michigan. gonna be like super distraught and dismantled over Chelsea now. That's fine. Um, my, my my shout out tonight is gonna go to the uh, the fans. You know, that were at the women's regional. You know, the regional for you know basketball for NCAA. Yeah. Um, just because they had you know a record breaking year this year, they had eight, over eighty two thousand fans. That there is you go. awesome. Got some actually. PA going for yeah. women's right. basketball. <laughs> so we had we had a lot of, a lot of a lot of big fans out there um, supporting supporting our ladies, right? Um, just because they need as much as support, and they honestly need the same equipment as the men's. Um, let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I will say like though this year, I think I'm telling you, man, this tournament has to be like one of the high. It has to be the highest rated tournament. Hundred percent by far. Like it's. I think the women's basketball is has gone up. I think there's more exposure for it too. I and think it's, it's exciting. I think this has been the most compelling tournament too, just from round sixty four all the way till now. Too. There's not one team that I think you'd look at right away and be like, they're for sure going to win it. I think obviously now there's... We're down to four, but at the four, same time, you didn't know that at the time. Yeah, and, it, and it's a good group of four that they've got in it. It's not the same four in their final four. It's interesting the contrast between the women's yeah. final four and the men's final four. For 100%, yeah. So, all right, you guys. Well, uh, that's a wrap for today. We, we uh, appreciate the listeners out there. Um, have fun cheering on your favorite sport, your favorite sport team, your favorite sport player, athlete, whatever they are. Um, go have fun, cheer loud, cheer proud, and uh, stay safe.